This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Welcome back to a most sensational, inspirational, celebrational, muppetational podcast. And we are here for episode number six and finishing out season one of The Muppet Show. Of course, I'm not alone because as I tell you every time, that would be awkward. I am here with... The amazing, wonderful, some call him double A, I call him Andy. <laughs> We've hit a milestone. We're finishing season one today. Yes. So happy. Uh, and you got the title right. It's You know what, Miranda? This is going to be a good show. I, I, have a, I have a feeling we're going to have a really, really good episode for everybody's out there listening pleasure or as uh uh well no it's i was gonna quote nate milton on something but i'm like no that's not correct but uh but everybody yeah everybody because <laughs> yeah. i was about to say you could sink your ocular teeth into it and we're like what does that mean that means that's a feast for the eyes but this is a whatever an ocular teeth but a feast for the ears would be so that's what this i feel like that's what this episode's gonna be hey, like what? pleasant earworm yes a, a earworm in the best sense possible but i am so happy that that we've uh we've gotten to the end of this season um it's been the trip down memory lane for me and some of these things i don't remember at all but um i'm also getting triggered again <laughs> so uh <laughs> from some some childhood wounds i guess that have been put down in the recesses of my brain have have gotten you know, unearth that I forgot were even there. But no, it's it's been so much fun. I'm really enjoying watching these episodes and really, you know, a lot of them for the first time in 30, 40 years for, yeah. for most of them. And that's just it's just been a treat. And to get to talk about them and discuss them and laugh about them with you, you know, for the this is now the sixth time and we've done, you know, we had the special last year where we did uh you know, Muppet Christmas Carol and we have more uh, movie live watches coming in the future that uh yeah it's 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 about the journey not the destination and this has been quite the right. journey so far i'm looking yeah. forward to uh continuing on and lots more journeys i agree mm-hmm. uh i also discovered another muppets podcast by the way <gasps> they're from the uk okay and i love their name they don't <laughs> know who we are but okay. i just want to say if you like all things Muppets and you enjoy things from the UK or a different perspective, they're called Muppetsational. Oh, okay. We took it a little further, but yeah. We did. Uh, but um Hey, there's they, plenty of room in the pool for everybody, you know what I mean? There there is, but they're kind of doing the same thing that we're doing. Ah. But from a UK perspective, and there's three of them. Oh. Okay. I I'll gander to listen. Look, there's not yeah. a lot of of Muppet centric things out there. I mean, you have to really know the Muppets, love the Muppets, or it, like oh, right now, if you're a little bit younger, you have to have been exposed by like an older sibling or your parents or something like that. Cause you know, the Muppets don't have as much of a presence in 
pop culture as I think they should. You know, I, I, I think as they once did. Like I think yes. they 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 have, and they're still relevant. But I think there are periods of time in my childhood, your childhood, um, and prior that they were more prevalent, yeah. maybe. Yeah, I mean, they just they just appeared on The Masked Singer. I mean, mm-hmm. is Disney really? There's, I think they're starting to do a little bit more with them. I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm hoping that Muppet Vision is safe through all eternity. It's like one of those things, like because it was the last thing Jim Henson did that was associated to associate with Muppets before he passed away. I think out of respect for, for him and mm-hmm. his legacy, I think it's safe. I mean, I would love for them to, I, to I maybe. I think so digitally restore the movie though i would love and maybe give the theater a little love because there's not to go on a tangent but they were they're supposed to make this whole muppet area there and they have pizza rizzo now and it's really great but i think really what the what they should be doing with the muppets is just taking the muppets and dropping them in to stories like doing their muppet version like a muppets of the round table a muppets of this muppets of that there are books of those there are like like because we did the you know, they did the Muppet Haunted Mansion. That is, that was a perfect, you know, chocolate meets peanut butter moment for them. And they could do more of that. They could do the the Muppets Jungle Cruise. They could do a Muppets Big Thunder Round, Muppets Space Mountain. They, there's so much they can they can kind of build on. And it doesn't have to be a huge movie. It could be a Disney Plus special. I mean, I think they're really, I think people are really starting to to embrace, learn what streaming what works for streaming like recently they just had some zootopia shorts drop that were about 10 minutes each they just did these car shorts they did the big hero Mm -hmm. six shorts that is really a good way to keep characters relevant and going but not overdo it you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. staying in their lane and not putting a huge uh investment out there for people and i think that would be something that the muppets are perfect for oh i agree Mm-hmm. Anyway, we have uh, some episodes to talk about tonight, though. We do. Um, so we have four of them, as normal. But today we will be going through um, episode 21, 22, 23, and 24 of season one. Um, I was going to say something, and I don't remember. Uh, they, uh, We are sticking. There's a lot of sketches that you are, have seen before. Nothing Mm -hmm. new. Um, And then we get some new ones. But we have been playing a game, or kind of sort of a game, while we've been doing this. And so far, we've called it Did Miranda Know Who They Were, right? And then we also look up if they are still with us or not, which is kind of a morbid, not really game, but morbid (laughs) fact. It's Um, a a tracker, I guess. Yeah, it's it's more of a tracker. That's not the game. The game is Did Miranda Know Them. But Andy pointed out that he has a game he would like to add to the queue now um because we've talked a few times that sometimes there are certain muppets that uh maybe trigger andy just a little bit there there are certain things like and they're also um you know andy has some phobias or some issues with certain (laughs) things uh (laughs) so there's like especially there's one episode that really triggers me today but no that yeah everybody knows how i have an issue with muppets with human mixed with human like like i love the swedish chef but when you see like his hands are human it kind of throws me off a little bit um so we're gonna i think we're gonna kind of tally how many times i get triggered per per episode sometimes there i don't get triggered at all but like when they're like human size and you could kind of when they're not 
blatantly Muppet. That's that's the thing. Like you got to be a hundred percent Muppet to me. That right. that's when I have I have the issue. Like like I just I I think it's like a, a crime against nature or something when you when I see a Muppet mixed with human. I don't know. It's just me. It, I'm weird. No, you, y'all no, know I, I'm weird. Okay, I have laughed at you previously in episodes <laughs> that we recorded, and then and then I saw that meme that I sent you this. Weekend oh my of, god! It's like this life size. It's got a teddy bear head, but then like it has hands, like yes. like a human. And I've never been more creeped out. It's called like the boyfriend pillow or something, which I had heard of these and I have never, like I had heard of something called like the husband pillow or the boyfriend pillow, but I had never seen one like this before, ever. Husband pillows are comfortable. If you don't know what husband pillow is, it's that pillow that's kind of got like the two arms coming out of it on the side. So like you can like sit up in it or you can like, you know, lay back. I I love husband pillows. They're so comfortable. I keep one. a really funny um, version of like those U-shaped pregnancy pillows that like I I'm gonna lie. I have one, and I have not been a pregnant it's, lady for a very long time. This thing is almost like I don't want to say it's like a sex doll, but it's also like a mannequin or like the dummies like you see like you know in nursing schools or something like that. Yeah. Literally, literally, I was just I just went to have lunch with Ellen the other day, and she and she she teaches nursing, and she showed me this new new like lab thing they have to to kind of practice in, and then she showed me this thing. And it was like a free and like literally that that was like the same time because I think you you messaged me this thing when um you said oh i think you had said that you were going to send it to me when i was having lunch with her and i think you had well, said i was it, like, like i i want to show i was like i i admit i finally found the creepiest thing and i don't think i'm gonna make fun of you anymore um but i don't want to like show you to scare you and you're <laughs> like well now i'm curious and i was like okay so i sent it yeah i yeah you see that you, let's be honest you sent it you sent it to jenny too didn't you no Oh, because she shared it like literally the next day and something else. And I was like, oh, my God, Miranda. <laughs> I didn't. I don't know. Maybe one of our mutual friends is where I got it from then. I Maybe don't know. Why you guys are such good friends because you, you find these things at the same time. I, but like I was both like dying laughing at it. But I was I was officially creeped out. I was like, <laughs> this is awkward. And I showed it to my husband and he even went, ooh. Like, <laughs> I said, I know. I, I, I said, Ellen was like, oh, it's kind of cute. I said, what? <laughs> it, well, it is until you get like midway down and you see those weird hands <laughs> and the fact that it is like the size of a human person. I know. That's that's kind of freaky. That's what does it for me. That is like. I can't. So. Well, you Andy know what? You know what? You know what triggered me with the opening sketch of this first episode? But let's let's talk I about. I wondered. Yes, I wondered. So we. Yeah, it kind of triggered me, and I was, I thought it was one thing, and then when they when they come backstage, I realized it wasn't the thing I thought it was going to be. But Same. I thought it was. But so, um, let's talk about so, Twiggy for a second. Yeah. So uh, this is episode. Uh, it's labeled one twenty one, meaning episode twenty one of season one, and our special guest star is Twiggy. I am absolutely familiar with who Twiggy is. Uh, Twiggy was born in 1949 and born Leslie Hornby in London, England. She was one of the tap fashion models of the 60s and 70s, and I would even go so far as to say of all times. I think she's one of the most well-known and top models of all time. 
she's actually also an actress and a singer. Um, her modeling days have had like ended, but she then continued to record like albums and act in British TV shows and movies. She was originally nicknamed Sticks because of her reed thin figure, but switched to Twigs and finally Twiggy. Um, oh. She was named the face of 1966 by the Daily Express. And Twiggy is an avid supporter of animal rights organizations and breast cancer research groups. Of course, she was nominated for a Tony Award as a best actress in a musical in 1983 for her role in My One and Only. She co-hosted uh, This Morning through part of 2001 as well. Um, and This Morning is kind of like our morning show um, in America. You know, Good Morning America mm-hmm. or whatever. Yep. It'd be very similar to that. Okay. Um, I, I, I know who she was, too. Uh, at, when yeah. I was a kid, though, I was like, when I said, oh, Twiggy's going to be on the Muppet Show. I think, and, and I was like, oh, it's the robot from Buck Rogers. <laughs> because I knew Twiggy. You know, I, that was that was right. what I knew Twiggy at, at that age. I didn't know this well, but the only real other thing I know her from was she played Robin Williams' love interest in Club Paradise, which is a very underrated yeah. Robin Williams movie. I actually do really enjoy that movie because not only is it Robin Williams, it's Eugene Levy, it is uh, Rick Moranis, it is uh, Joe Flaherty, and Andrea... It's an amazing cast. uh, What's her face? Um, Andrea Martin. So... Yes. It is... Basically, it's Robin Williams and and most of the SCTV cast um, on an island. And and it's such a great movie. If you don't know it, seek it out. I would highly... Mm -hmm. It, it is fun. It is really, really great. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so and and Twiggy is still with us. So she is. So yes. so she uh she gets uh she gets a check mark for being somebody Miranda knew, but and also a check mark that they're here. So we haven't had one of those in a while. No, we haven't. <laughs> um, and I actually knew who Twiggy was, obviously from like growing, being born when I was. But my mom's nickname. My mom mm-hmm. is not a blonde. She's not even blue eyed. But my mom was like very petite. And kind of like very skinny as Twiggy is. And that's what my grandfather or her grandfather, my great grandfather, called her because of Twiggy. So it was my my mother's nickname is actually to this day. A lot of people still call her Twiggy. So cool. Uh, we open our Muppet show with our Gonzo doing something silly. This is actually a repeat from episode 116. Um, and he hits the beautiful day monster instead of the O in show. I know. And of course, yeah, they do some repeats, but I mean, you kind of have to after a while. Well, it's going to change soon anyway, right? I think I think it's season two. I think it changes from the gong to the trumpet. So I think so. I think I think I think well, we'll find out soon enough. We'll see. (laughs) But this first um, Uh. thing up, I immediately wrote down a message. But this one is strange yeah i i don't understand what this thing is like it's a first of all i thought it was like somebody an actual mouth like upside down yeah that that threw me off that threw me off it actually isn't it's actually when you look close enough you see the muppet um i guess roof of their tongue or muppet mouth whatever it is so but it also kind of like a little audrey too uh esque in there yeah but I, yeah, this is one got to be one of the strangest, and there's been a lot of strange ones. And Probably I, one of the strangest I opening acts. Dancing feather boas. With the with like a furry coos ball kind of. Thing. I couldn't it's, decide what that was. I, I don't know what know. it is. 
Yeah. It's a feather duster. Oh, God. Which Kermit cracks a joke about when we go backstage. So it's a feather duster, and he sings the song Dance with a group of feather boas. So I was correct. But that's yeah. all I kept going. I was like, dancing feather boas. Yeah, I, was um, just, call, I just called her furry mouth and furry ribbons. I was distracted, though, because for some reason, so I have seen clips and pictures of this, and the background is black, okay? Mm-hmm. Mine was not. It was a green. Uh-huh. It, uh, the screen was green. Yeah. Like, when I watched this on Disney+, Plus, the screen behind these dancing things was green, and that was really messing with me, too. Yeah, and then I'm like, and then it goes backstage, and you're like, oh, it's like a regular Muppet. Okay. Yeah, so. I'm like, okay, because then they go backstage and Kermit kind of has a few words with the feather duster. They crack like a joke and he's like, you, I don't know, better, I, don't, I should have written the joke down. It was really funny. But then it was like, oh, it's a feather duster. Okay, well, I'm still creeped out. It was weird. Yeah, it was definitely. Um, But Scooter kind of shudders. He and he comes down and he tells him he's sure, absolutely sure that there's a phantom of the Muppet show that he was in the guest star's dressing room. And he saw a ghoulish fiendish face looking in the closet. And there's a really funny joke where Hilda comes out and says that it was her that she was just hanging up clothes in the wardrobe. And Scooter is actually like, no, no, this is after you left. So, like, that was funny that Hilda was like, ha, just me. Um, <laughs> yeah, we got that a couple of times in this episode. Yeah, it happens again. Um, later but Wanda then comes from the dressing room like screaming and passes out she basically faints on the railing and says no no there's a phantom what I thought was really funny about this section is um, Kermit says well if there's a phantom I'm a monkey's uncle (laughs) and then when she faints nobody goes to check on Wanda he goes well get me a banana Which I think is funny because I don't know if you guys say it where you're from, but I grew up hearing people say, well, I'll be a son of a monkey's uncle. Yeah, I've heard I've, a monkey's uncle. That's before. Yeah. Yeah. So and we've talked about this like off air before, like weird sayings like that I grew up with. You didn't and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So I did wonder when he said that and it made me think I was like, oh, I wonder if that's like a, all over the U.S. phrase or not. Yeah, I, I, I used a crap ton with somebody from Denmark earlier and they like didn't understand what I was saying. So. Oh, um, I normally, in, in relation to crap ton, I normally try very hard not to curse. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have a, a Slovak friend that Jerry was like, she asked once how something was going and he said, oh my goodness, I don't remember if that's where he said, it's a fuck ton of shit. And she was like, <laughs> what is a fuck ton? And then now some of the Slovaks, because they misinterpreted um, our saying, they're like, oh, that is a lot of many shits. And we're like, <laughs> okay, guys. So, yeah, it's kind of funny hearing how people say things differently. So I did wonder if son of a monkey's uncle was, you know, just something I grew up hearing or not. Which it still doesn't make any sense. I don't even know what it means. <laughs> so Gonzo is trying to introduce Twiggy. Um, and he's like, Leafy, Barky, Branchy. And Fozzie actually comes in and corrects him and pulls him off stage. Which I thought was a funny twist of play. Because you expect that from Fozzie. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but they introduce her because, you know, the guest star always usually has a spot at the very beginning. And I don't know about you, but I thought this was an odd choice for the Muppet Show. Yeah. yeah. This, this, it was just. It's, it's, it's weird. So Twiggy has an, a beautiful voice, um, but she's, they started out as a sketch where she's in front of a bunch of reporters. A joke is cracked about. Um, how is a beautiful girl like you only have one nose? Because the guy asking has two noses. Um, mm-hmm. Then she get asked who the most important people and places in her life are. And this, like, makes her think. So the stage goes black, like, those people aren't there. And she sings this song called In My Life. And all these photos of her through her lifetime pop up in black and white. And it's very beautiful, but I was like, this doesn't fit. And I didn't get it. It was just like, well, why is this here? Like, are we like, trying I to, like, if you establish her to the show. audience, maybe? Yeah. Like, why is she here? Who is she, really? Right. Maybe that's what it was, because they maybe don't recognize the name, but they'll recognize the face. Right, like, all these, like, because she says something about all the faces that I've been, all the mm-hmm. places that I've seen, or yeah. something like that, and it's, I don't know. I I thought if you separated it from the Muppet Show, and you just, like, did it, I was like, oh, a little, like, montage of her life kind of thing okay but in this instance i didn't really care for it no i didn't get it didn't understand why it was yeah i mean i kind of understand now as i as i think about it but what's like this doesn't fit right it doesn't fit i i get the concept but i the execution wasn't there for me Mm -hmm. didn't didn't fulfill anything um so i do get interested again though because we go backstage and Fozzie and Gonzo have caught the fear of the Phantom now as well. Hilda and Kermit kind of continue to doubt that is, there is one. Because Hilda just keeps thinking it's her that people are seeing, which I think yeah. is hysterical. It plays into discussion last episode where they tell Hilda, like, you you're, you look fine the way you are. And then we find out she's only, like, 30-something. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> With her gray right. hair and stuff. Yeah. Um, so Kermit demands that the others keep their head on their shoulders. And then a strange apparition takes this advice, literally. Um, But the Phantom will soon reveal himself. And in fact, he does to the audience. Yes. He does to the audience. Um, But We've seen before, though. We have. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, that happens a lot. There are repeats of of people. Or out of Um, order or something. Yeah. And I don't... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I don't want to say his name yet. Okay. I mean, if you want, unless you want to, Mike. Well, yeah, because it, it, it's it's Uncle Deadly. Right. Well, we don't, they don't really, he doesn't say his name, but we recognize him. As, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it's Uncle Deadly. He's a, he's right. the phantom of the Muppet Theater. The first time we saw him was alongside Vincent Price. Yeah, which is, I think he was a Vincent Price-inspired um Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I would absolutely agree with that. I don't know if it's ever written that he is. I mean, I'm sure it is, but I feel like he would be. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. So um, he appears to the audience, but nobody else knows about him. We have a Wayne and Wanda segment, which I feel like is befitting of the current time for me and Andy. Um, yes. But they try to sing Let It Snow. I, yeah, this is a funny quick hitter, I think. Yeah, I liked this Wayne and Wanda. Sometimes it's strange. They're singing and, like, the wind blows them away. Yeah. I mean, a lot of natural disasters happen to these two. Um, 
but this one they're trying to sing it and the snow just keeps like pouring on them harder. I thought it was funny. Yeah. Um, this is also a snow that there are uh, snow. <laughs> this is also a song <laughs> that tends to get some controversy. So I thought it was really funny that Wayne and Wanda were singing again because, you know, there's according to um, Sam, they're just so pure. They're yeah. just so perfect. And so that made me giggle a little um, because, you know, in the last five years, that song has really gotten some some flack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we kind of move forward. And I, I liked this segment with Twiggy. It's where Gonzo and Muppy, they're all ready for bed and they're hoping for a bedtime story. And they want Twiggy to read them a story. And she conveniently has rehearsed one. And so she tells them the king's breakfast which obviously they also kind of like act out and she plays a part in i it i really like this it's technically a poem story kind of both um but how do you feel nice, about this nice mm-hmm. but sli- slightly triggering okay for the, the king can, the king oh, and the queen yeah. were kind of kind of triggered me a little bit because they were human size and they were yeah, like it their just, heads didn't match their body and their yeah, and yeah, kind that. of over exaggerated yeah. features and but they like seem like 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 the way the the king went down the banister like and you like you see him like swaying around like like a giant ass puppet like it just <laughs> I don't know it just kind of I, I was slightly triggered during, during the scene. So Andy has been triggered twice during this episode already. Twice. Yep, twice. Boys and girls. Um, we go to the dance. At the dance, a few typical, atypical couples uh, rather appear in the ballroom. Statler and Waldorf argue over who should lead while Sam the Eagle explains to his dance partner the difference between immoral and illegal. <laughs> and then Kermit is roughly treated by Mary Louise, who throws him into the chandelier. Yeah, I, I wrote down, uh, Kermit gets tossed around this one. And it was yeah. funny watching uh, Statler and Waldorf dance together. The, I, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah. Um, we go to our UK spot. Uh, I know we've done, this is episode six, but I will explain it pretty much every time until we get like pretty heavy into this, I think. The UK spot is when the show aired, the UK, due to timing, like they do less commercials than we do kind of thing, they would have an additional spot. And typically, the UK episode aired before the US episode. And I've noticed a repeat. It seems like it's a lot of Ralph the Dog playing music. Have you noticed yeah. that? A lot of times, it's a nice, a nice like musical interlude. So to speak. Yeah, it's always a musical something. But there is a lot of Ralph happening. Um, and he actually does um, a Beethoven mm-hmm. song. Um, and he has a few mistakes along the way. Yeah, I thought it was nice, and you could, yeah. Rolf like uh, has a, has a little bit of a tough time with the yeah. uh, some of the notes. I know I am more of a fan of Ralph than you are, and I really enjoy like classical mm-hmm. tunes. So I always really appreciate the UK spots. I'm not saying you don't appreciate them, but like I just no. know I'm a more of a fan of him than than you are. No, I do. They're just a nice interlude, but I yeah, sometimes Rolf gets on my nerves. I can understand that. Um, I did forget to say, and I do apologize that this. Um, episode itself was produced from November 9th through the 11th of 1976. It would then air on the UK in December 19th of 1976. 
and then air in the U.S. It says in, in NYC um, on February 7th of 1977. And uh, if you're ever curious or you are a person that prefers a transcript, there are places online at Muck, uh, like the Muppet Fandom dot wiki that you can get a full transcript of the episode uh, as well the, of the Muppet Show episode rather. Um, I kind of thought this one was really funny. So Fozzie mm-hmm. Bear encounters, uh, encounters, apparently I cannot speak, Vinda Face. And yes. it's a vending machine that could give other Muppets facelifts. <laughs> um, and he was apparently built to be used once. And apparently he will come up again later because... They decided they couldn't build such an extensive puppet and only use it one time. Yeah, we see it at least two more times. Yeah. Uh, This thing's a little odd. It is the first fully automatic psychiatric machine, is what it's it's labeled as. And Fozzie feeds the machine several nickels as prompted to find out that his problem is he is much too generous. (laughs) Yeah, Fozzie kind of gets taken advantage of here. Poor Fozzie. So on the creep factor, how creeped out are we on Vinda Face? It was a little creepy, I gotta say. The eyes, the hands, it was it was a, it was a little creepy, but I, I wasn't as bad. It wasn't well. I wouldn't call it a full on trigger for me. Right. I would agree. So, and I will I will say so in this episode, it is a psychiatric machine. In another one, it's nothing changes, but it has it does something different yeah, a little yeah. slightly. Yeah, well, we get yeah. There's two more times we actually get it. Yeah, two more times that we're going to see this uh, pretty pretty soon too. Yeah. Um, so we're still Phantom is still going on backstage. You know, it's the backstage gag. I think, as mm-hmm. you call it, I believe. Yep. Um, and Kermit has just refused to believe that there's any Phantom of the Muppet Show. But even Hilda believes now. Um, and even once has come face to face with the Phantom. But the level-headed frog just assumes that there is a logical explanation for it. When no logical explanation is presented by the Phantom, Kermit joins the other Muppets in just running away hmm. in the best Kermit fashion. Ah! Yeah. He's great at it. I, I do I do love Kermit when he finally he loses his shit. I love it when he spazzes, whether it's because he's scared or he's like, oh, I can't take this anymore. Yeah, when he gets frustrated. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah, it's kind of like how I feel about, like, Christina Applegate. Like, I love Christina Applegate, especially when she's, like, foul mouth and just losing her shit. So. Yeah. There are just some people and characters that you prefer them in a certain in a certain manner because that's, yeah. like, their best. That's yeah. Their, mm-hmm. They shine. Yeah. So we get a Muppet newsflash, and we talked to Miss Lola Thomas, who's Twiggy, of London, and she speaks with the newsman about having just eaten an entire diesel tractor. You gotta be hungry. I, I mean, you gotta be more than hungry. That's quite, quite an odd thing. Yeah, I mean, look, if you're into, like, eating cars, that's, 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 that's like a big-ass meal. <laughs> that's all I'm saying is three course. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like getting like uh, 
you know, instead of getting the eight ounce steak, you're getting the uh, the 24 ounce steak, basically. But did you did you hear why she decided to do this? Um, no, I'm trying I'm trying to remember. My, her my doctor not. told her she had an iron deficiency. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Well, I guess they didn't have the supplements then. Maybe not. Or she took it way too literal. Yeah. So our phantom has finally decided to reveal himself. And he is, of course, as Andy says, Uncle Deadly. He is the great Shakespearean actor who was killed proper or figuratively, not sure there, Mm -hmm. by the critics when he played his most difficult role, Othello. And he swore that he would never perform in the Muppet Theater again. And he would keep all others from performing there. Which Uh I'm like, okay, Uncle Deadly, I hear you, but we at 21 episodes at this point. Like, there have been 21 performances already, dude. Like, where you been? Just buying your time, man. I I guess guess maybe he was... Yeah, that or he's just lazy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But he gives Kermit a warning, and he says, leave or be doomed. So once Deadly is gone, Kermit joins the other Muppets who reveal that the Phantom was just a joke. Nothing more than George the janitor wearing an old mask. But as everyone's kind of calming down, Uncle Deadly returns and shouting, leave or be doomed. Uh, The Muppets choose to leave and rush off screaming. Uncle Deadly then states, that may have been one of the greatest performances of my career. Great performance of my career. Yes. Yes. Yes, Yes, I do low-key love Uncle Deadly. I do he, like Uncle Deadly. He, he, he does get some shine um, later in the new Muppets. Uh, I do I do really enjoy his part in the uh, the new one, the Jason Segel one, the first mm-hmm. one. I do I do enjoy him in that in that movie. But he's like one of those characters that they 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 kind of they don't overdo it with him, which is really good. Like he's he, he comes and when he I mean I don't know I I don't remember but. For what we've seen him far, he hasn't like overstayed his welcome. Like he's there, right? And he's like, he's one of those like when you see him, like okay, you're, he's cool. He's not like somebody you see and you're like, why do they keep shoving this character down our throats? It's like, like do we need to see Wayne and Wanda every episode? No, we don't. I get no. a little sick of Wayne and Wanda, but Uncle Deadly has been here in like little bits and pieces, and I'm, I'm, he's like one like I do I do want to see more of him, but I'm like okay mm-hmm. with what we get. You know what I mean? Oh, I agree. Yeah. I don't remember. Was he in? Oh my goodness, the Halloween one that came out last year. Yes, he was in the um, the Haunted Mansion one. Yes, he was. Okay, I had to think for a second because I was like, he's perfect for that one. So, um, Twiggy is now the hillbilly singer, and she and the Go Go La La Jubilee Band Jug Band sing "Ain't Nobody's Business But My Own." Yeah, slightly triggered here. It's yeah. Um, Just because of the way he's sitting on the on the thing and yeah, you know, I, I was like, all right, well, this is this is fine. Like this episode to me was kind of like, eh, it's okay. I I really only, I mean, I like the Wayne and Wanda, but mm-hmm. other than that, I was really just. The, the Uncle Deadly stuff was the only stuff I really really liked. I mean, I didn't think it was a bad ep- I don't think it was a bad episode. It was just an episode that I was kind of like. Nothing really stands out outside of Uncle Deadly. Like, I I like Twiggy, 
Um, this is one of those where she does um, appear a good bit. We talked about that last time, how yeah. we started to notice, like, sometimes you can tell uh, people are in the episode more than others, and you wonder why. But, um, yeah, this this song was okay. It's mm-hmm. actually not the first time that it was used for something of Jim Henson's. Uh Jim Henson actually had a television series. His very first, uh, it was five-minute show that aired twice a day um, and on an NBC affiliate in in Washington, D.C. It aired from 1955 to 1961. Um, A lot of the same Muppets and stuff, but it was actually sang there first um, by Tennessee Ernie Ford and Dorothy Gill. So I thought that was pretty neat that they used it again in something else of his. Um, and that was the first time that I had ever heard about his show, Sam and Friends. I never knew it existed. Um, and I really like Jim Henson. Uh, so I was very, like, shocked and was like, bad, Miranda, how did you not know? Did you know about <laughs> Sam and Friends? No, I did not. Okay. Well, we learned something new today. We all learned something new today together. Mm-hmm. Um it was an okay song, um, and just to kind of, like, finish the episode, it was an okay episode. We close out with Twiggy. Tells mm-hmm. Kermit that she had a lovely time, and that she actually even liked Uncle Deadly. Kermit tells her, if you like him, then you can have him, but she didn't like him that much. <laughs> During their yeah. goodbye uh, to Twiggy, the Muppets push and rush Uncle Deadly until the Phantom glances menacingly at Fozzie Bear, who takes fright and moves back. So I think Uncle Deadly wants to appear as um, mean, but I don't think he really is. I think he's just, he's an actor. And the king and queen came back, too. I was kind of like, what are they doing here? Right. Go away. Go away. Oh, um, when this show aired on Nickelodeon, I don't remember the years that it aired on Nickelodeon, but I remember that's where I uh, watched most of it. Oh, wait. So it aired on Nickelodeon. um, The Muppet Show did. From 94 to 96, and then, of course, Muppet Babies from 92 to 99, and then various specials here and there, um, which is probably where I watched the majority of it. Um, they cut out Vinda Face. Oh. I can kind of understand why. I could see that, because it could, could have kind of freaked out kids a little bit. Yeah, because I didn't remember Vinda Face. When we were watching this, I was like. Yeah, I don't. I didn't have any recollection of Vinda Face. None whatsoever. So I don't know if maybe you also watched reruns at that time. Um, um I don't know, on- but I, I, it didn't, I didn't really, you know, under, yeah. remember. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there are it's some of this, like you said, it's the first time you've seen it since you were a kid. So like, don't expect you to remember everything. Um, but I know, like, I didn't remember that. So that episode. Yeah, it was fine. It was fine. Good filler. Decent guest. I say decent because, I mean, she was great. She was a good guest. I just didn't particularly like some of the skits that they chose for her or whomever chose them. Herself, her her team, the, you know, Jim Henson. I don't know. Um, but I thought it was okay. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Okay, great. Not not favorite. Um, triggered a few times. I noticed. Yeah. Yep, How just, many times did you end up being triggered there? Uh, three times. Three total. Yep. In one episode. Hmm. 
It happens. It does. It happens. So we move on to the next episode. Uh, my computer was trying to jump ahead and go like way on to episodes we have not seen yet. <laughs> so our next one uh, features Ethel Merman. Were you familiar with Ethel Merman? Yes. I remember Ethel Merman from when I was a kid, one of the biggest stars of Broadway, you know, growing up in yes. New York. Growing up in New York, you know, we had a lot of commercials for Broadway on mm-hmm. TV. So even if you didn't go uh, you to knew. see shows, you knew you knew of these people. Like Ethel Merman stars in this and this and that. I, and she was in a lot of like some of the um the stuff like I had watched, like you know, had guest mm-hmm. starred on stuff. You know, she had a, had a part in Airplane, you know, where this person thinks he's Ethel Merman. You'll be swell. You'll be great. And it was Ethel, really <laughs> Ethel Merman in, in, the, in the part. So, uh, yeah. yeah, she was one of those larger than life um, figures of sort of old Hollywood, mm-hmm. but kind of like old Broadway. I, I agree. Yeah. Um, so she was born in 1908 um, and finally passed away following surgery for cancer in February of 1984. She was a popular Broadway musical and comedy star who originated many leading roles in Broadway musicals of the 30s, 40s, and 50s. She starred, obviously, on The Muppet Show here on episode 122, so that's season one, episode 22. She also appeared in a 1978 special, A Special Christmas, or Special Sesame Street Christmas, and the 1979 special, The Muppets Go to Hollywood. She was the leading lady in the original productions of five Cole Porter musicals, starting with Anything Goes in 1934. Her signature song is There's No Business Like Show Business. So as soon as I said that, I think many of you go, ah. Um, And that is from the musical Annie Get Your Gun, which she performed also on The Muppet Show. Yes. So sadly, she is no longer with us, but she had a very long extensive and amazing career mm-hmm. um so this episode as i said is 22 its production date was november 16th 17th and 18th of 1976 premiered in the uk on april 9th of 1977 and in america actually first so on february 21st of 1977 oh. sometimes that happens but usually they air it first and i don't i don't know why um, our Muppet Show theme, before Gonzo can hit the gong, the green frackle hits him with a mallet. Another repeat. Yep, we've seen that one Another before. From episode 117. During Kermit's introduction, Miss Picky comes on stage to announce her tribute to Ethel Merman, a medley of all of her greatest hits. Since Mrs. Merman is there to sing her own hits, Miss Piggy decides that she will sing the medley as a tribute to Irene Berlin instead. I saw Piggy. Piggy was basically, I think she felt threatened by Ethel Merman or tried to, you know. Right. I think Piggy, the whole episode, Piggy's kind of like trying to horn in on Ethel Merman a little bit, like trying right. to take her spot. Maybe, you know, she sees this larger than life uh, singer and that performer and and that she she's afraid that she'll be in the background i don't know that's that was my interpretation of how piggy acts in this episode uh piggy's done this before too so yep. it's it's uh normal piggy behavior basically sometimes she gets jealous oh very uh, over kermit but this is not the case in this one this is more of a um 
you know, I'm I'm the the loud, you know, bigger big presence female. I'm I'm the feeling my female. spotlight kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So this next little opening, I actually really liked. I thought it was kind of cute. I, I thought re- it was adorable. Did you? Just okay. Like d- dancing slinkies, basically. Yes. <laughs> and this is one that I actually remembered. So it had like a warm like oh moment. So the we have these two creatures. They don't really have names of any sort they're just two creatures they dance to a song called java and the small creature keeps getting like booted off by the other one which i guess is also kind of maybe a metaphor for what's going on between piggy and ethel there um eventually this leads to the large creature's destruction though Mm -hmm. um java is a composition written and recorded in 1957 by alan toussaint um under a different name it was very strange uh, and the Muppets will have this song used over an, a number of times over um, the next few episodes, movies, shows that we will get through with them. So it's really neat. Yeah, um, I, I, I did like this one. Yeah, this one was really good. I like kind of when they do these cutesy little fun um, Muppets um, in front of like that black screen where they really mm-hmm. kind of pop out at you. I really enjoy that. So Fozzie informs Kermit that his agent will be stopping by and asks Kermit to talk to him about his contract, or rather the fact that Fozzie does not have a contract. Okay. It seems to irritate. I don't know. I, I like irritated Kermit face. Yes. Yeah, Kermit, mm, that kind of wrinkled face mm-hmm. he makes. I make that yeah. face. Yeah, Kermit ain't got time for, for, for this Muppet bullshit. He's, a, he's got a show to run. Right. He's here to run the show and make sure it goes smoothly. That's right. He's trying to elevate the Muppets, not deal with their Muppetsness. Right. Um, So at this point, Kermit moves forward because he's got stuff to do. Um, And he introduces Ethel, who comes out for her first performance, which is a medley of of her duets. Um, You're on top with Kermit, friendship with Fozzie, the lovely with Scooter and Gonzo, Together Wherever We Go with the Two-Headed Singer. You're Just in Love with Uncle Deadly. Anything You Can Do with Miss Piggy. Piggy wins. And Mutual Adger- Admiration Society. This is going to be an episode where Miranda just can't speak again. Mm-hmm. Um, and she does that with everyone. Everyone kind of comes back in the room together and she does that. I thought it was a fantastic medley. I, I love, this is one of my, yeah. probably, out of all the shows we've watched so far, one of my favorite bits because it really it showcases the guest star, yeah. And and, and even, if, even if little kids were not familiar with her, they probably mm-hmm. may have heard their music, her parents mm-hmm. playing, the parents playing, and stuff like that. I thought it was really good, really established. And uh, fun fact: a lot of them were Cole Porter songs. Uh, Andy mm-hmm. went back to his high school while he was in college and uh, volunteered to become the assistant director. And the play that I, the musical that I, I, I was on, that I assistant directed of, was called Cole. Life, it was all about a uh, whole thing about Cole Porter's life story and all of his music. So, oh, wow. uh, little, little uh, fun fact there. Awesome. I really, yeah, I really enjoyed this one as well, and I liked the mix that it wasn't just with everyone. Mm-hmm. The duet was really uh, the duets um, and the medley itself. I was in show choir, so I can appreciate a good medley. Um, and like you said, I feel like this show, one of the reasons it was so great is it showcased what that person was really known for. Yeah. And, then, like and they, had, they, they matched the Muppets 
the correct yeah. Muppet to the songs too. Like when we had Rita Morano mm-hmm. and like she really just danced around and was herself. I think those are the best. Or Vincent yeah. Price just being Vincent Price, right? Like I think there's something yeah. to say about that. And yeah. this we got a little allows, more of that coming up later in in yeah. future episodes too. But this allows, I think, I like this one, and I think I like it so much more than Twiggy because I felt like it showcased Ethel and who she was and what she did. Yes. So Fozzie's agent has arrived, but he's a little short. Um, he's literally like a hat on shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Fozzie introduces Kermit to Iving Bazaar. Uh, Kermit can't resist the obvious short jokes including asking him if he handles Rich Little and Tiny Tim. (laughs) Um, He states that he wouldn't handle Kermit as he would get warts. Thus, Fozzie's contract negotiations now stall. Which, Fozzie didn't have a contract. No one does. They're just all Muppets on the Muppet Show. I think that's what Kermit's trying to get out. He's like, no. Like, What? So we have one of our, what they call a blackout. Um, We talked about this before. Um, It has a whole list of blackouts before, but blackouts are short comic sketches traditional to a specific style that end with the lights turning off or a quick closing of the curtain after the skit. Um, And they're very brief. So Ethel's irritated because a mouse is in her dressing room. And when she complains to Hilda, she's surprised to find that the mouse sings in the band. So Ethel calls the show a zoo, which is supported when Animal appears to come in and bother her, basically. Because she says, is this a show or a zoo? And Animal goes, hiya, honey. <laughs> I, love, I love when Animal just, like, pops out of nowhere. I love Animal. That's like mm-hmm. the commercial where there's, like, we have an animal in our attic. <laughs> oh, God. I, <laughs> I, I pop big time for that Geico oh, commercial God. every time it's on. Ah. <laughs> um, so she does she knocks uh animal on the head. Yes. Uh we do get why our mousy she mouse really does sing. Um Mouse is part of the UK spot. Miss Mousy appears in Statler Waldorf's teacup and sings Don't Sugar Me. Which I thought was cute. I thought it was cute. How did you feel about this one? I thought it was really, yeah, this was, I, I kind of, um, I don't know. It was, it was, it was a nice perspective change. Like they have this little mouse and then they, they switched and you see, you know, Statler and Waldorf. This was a little, a little for 1979. This was not bad technology here. That's very true. You know, <laughs> I, I didn't think about it in that manner, but that's, that's a very good point. Um, we have our talk spot, which we didn't have last episode, I just noticed. Um, but we have our talk spot, yeah. and this is usually always where the guest comes out, has a conversation with Kermit or someone else. It's typically always Kermit. This time, Kermit talks or, with Ethel about her long Broadway career. And eventually, Miss Piggy enters carrying a glass, offering a toast to Ethel, and asking for a free singing lesson. And Ethel tells Piggy that her... Porcine voice is too subtle. She shows off her own high note, which then shatters the glass. Okay. So I guess Piggy probably is still really. Ir- I don't know. 
I, I'm trying to decide if I felt through this whole episode. Does Piggy admire her, or is she jealous, or is a little bit of everything? I think it's a mixture. I think Piggy, you know, gets Piggy gets very threatened by mm-hmm. other females. I think Janice is a non-entity to her. That's uh, true. But th- there's no other. I mean, Camilla hasn't really been introduced much. There's no other real females that could threaten her spot. So I think sometimes when the guest stars are on there. And they're either interested in Kermit or flirty with Kermit, or they could take like her spot on the show. Then she Mm -hmm. gets a little too, um, you know, piggy. (laughs) There's no other way to port it. Oh, much. I feel bad for this teacup, though, falling off the uh, the balcony here. Right. (laughs) Right beforehand, right before we get to this spot. I have it playing in the background, so. Oh. I think I'm ahead, but the thing. Yeah, you're a little ahead, but I just me. I just hadn't happened to notice that. Yeah, but I do. I do love the spot with Ethel. Ethel is very like relaxed and, um, you know she's she was a presence. This woman. Yes, you she know, was. They, they, she's one of those like they don't make them like that anymore. Kind of, kind of like women. yeah, like, no, look I at that. Like she was, she was, she was, you know, now she wouldn't she would be known, but she might not be as famous just because. You know, Broadway stars aren't as known. Like, they do crossover at times, but... I think it depends on the community that you're speaking to, but yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, like, back when she was there, it was like, if you were a Broadway star, people, like... You, you. were it, yeah. Yeah. Hmm? yeah. No, when I said I was ahead of you, I turned around because I also usually run the episodes while we're recording, and um, my show that I'm on is, like, ahead of where we are, and I got creeped out, so... Ah. We'll add that. Um, but when they do their spot to end it here, Kermit asks her, did you make some air record or some recordings as an air raid siren during the war? <laughs> I thought it was hysterical. Yeah. Um, so an Australian puppeteer performs shadow puppetry. An ostrich, a mouse, and a hippopotamus each play on a slide and cross a tightrope. I I thought this was kind of cute. What did you think? I I liked it. It it seemed a little out of place. It does. But it was it was really well done. I mean, yeah. I mean, shadow puppets is not easy. No. I mean, it was it was a nice. It was something different. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. And and they kind of do similar type things on the Muppet Show, like with the black background and like some of the opening sketches and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was a little weird. That's all. Like, this is, but you did see kind of stuff like this on Sesame Street. That is or, very true. You know, yeah. they, they, they would break, they would break out something like this once in a while. Mm-hmm. So it's a little, it's, it was something I guess we were kind of used to. Like there were shows like, like Electric Company, uh, Great Space Coaster, things mm-hmm. like that when we were kids. That that did have things like this, so it wasn't like we didn't see it. We just never had seen anything like this in the Muppet Show. I mean, you know, I love the hippo coming up here too. Um, it was it was a nice uh, though. And, and what's cool is you didn't really see the strings that much. Again, no. like like for 1979, this is some 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 interesting tack here. And I like that Statler and Waldorf really enjoyed this actually. Yeah, and it was a nice it was a nice something that like it broke up the show. I guess. I would agree. It is different. Um, so Piggy actually is backstage and she runs into uh Mr. Bazaar there who is Fozzie's 
um, manager or agent rather. And Piggy informs, well, he rather asks Piggy if he can handle her. And she informs him that uh, she already has an agent. Um, and that's when he says, I don't want to be your agent. I just want to handle you. Oh. And we get, we, she says, well, handle this. Hi! <laughs> yeah, so it's a very, very funny uh, piggy. Yeah, that is a piggy thing. Piggy high yas people. Which we haven't seen too many high yas before now, have we? No, no, not yet. She, we, you understand, too, some of these characters aren't the characters we really know them as yet. Like, Gonzo's right. not, not, not the Gonzo totally we fleshed. know yet. Yeah. Piggy still has a different design, and, and that, like, Janice's voice isn't the Janice voice we know. So so there there's going to be some evolution, I guess, uh, we're going to see with some of these people. You know, I, and I noticed, too, the Muppets like to use Irving a lot. Mm-hmm. As names for 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 things, and that's actually my dad's name. <laughs> so I, anytime I hear Irving, it makes me laugh. Because <laughs> uh, uh, here's the thing, Miranda. What's what's funny is my dad is Irving Jr. So you could have been doing a podcast with Irv the Third. Oh my lord! And I would have I, called you Irv the Third all the time. I, I I ask him. I say, how come you didn't do it? He goes, I didn't want to do that to you. I <laughs> so instead, you're double A. Yes. Could have been Irv the Third. It could have been Irv the Third. I tell Dylan, you could have been Irv the Fourth, so be careful. Oh, my goodness. Well, Andy just had his comedy act, so Fozzie's going to do his. <laughs> Fozzie's getting heckled pretty hard. Poor guy always does. This time, it's not by Statler and Waldorf, though. It's by Leo, who is sitting in the audience. Um, I had to remind myself who Leo was. I won't lie. He's just a Muppet. He is, they call him, he has his own wiki. Leo is listed as a hard sell business exec who, with his colleague Grump, was a featured player in the Muppet meeting films. Luo's enthusiasm, optimism, and general acceptance of the jargon and endless meetings as a part of business life contrasted with Grump's grousing. So, he apparently... He served the same function in the Muppet show Pitch Reel. Okay. But uh, we only see him like two more times. He's in the Muppets, a celebration of 30 years, and he'll be in season four. Ah, good. So I was like, okay, that's who Leo is. But he's sitting in the audience, additionally with one of Fozzie's cousins. Um, But even he deserts the bear when the entire audience walks out on him. But guess who stays? Stalin Waldorf. Sadler and Waldorf, because that's that's their whole point. Well, like when they talk about Muppet Vision, we can't leave. We're 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 bolted to the floor. <laughs> yes. So Fozzie just had a bad go out there. The whole audience has been driven away by him. Um, so despite this, though, Kermit agrees to give Fozzie three times as much money, and Irving eventually works that figure up to ten times as much as Fozzie is making now. It is soon revealed, however, that Fozzie used to make nothing and 10 times of nothing is still nothing. <laughs> and Irvin reminds him, don't forget, I get 10% of that. Yeah. You know, it's my <sighs> understanding that Muppets are not very good at math uh, 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 here, as I'm guessing. I, well, I, I mean. At least Fozzie and, and Irving here. 
when you make nothing, 10 yeah. times more than you used to make of nothing is still nothing. And Irving gets 10% of nothing. That's a lot. That of makes nothing. my head hurt. Right. We don't, yeah, we don't like Miranda's head hurting. So. No, we don't. Mm-hmm. But Ethel's trying to make it all better. And she's going to cheer Fozzie up because he's quite depressed now. I mean, could you imagine? You just got told, well, you don't make anything anyway. So <laughs> you even make more nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So she's reminding him that you're doing what you love. And so she then does her very famous, there's no business like show business with Fozzie and the rest of the Muppets. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I do really like when uh, they set up a certain Muppet, like not to not to be, you know, down in the dumps a little bit, and then the guest right. star uh, gets their spirits up, which has happened a few times before, like with Gonzo. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very easy. You know, they, they, Muppets are a little sensitive, and 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 some of them are used to being, you know, like Fozzie never never, you know, this poor guy, he has such a tough time, but. He keeps going out there to in Gonzo. He's weird and mm-hmm. and he you know he gets he doesn't always do well with the ladies or what have you. So they're they're easy characters to cheer up, I guess. They always they always they always need a little cheering up. They're they're generally happy creatures or characters. Right. But but you know, they're they're really good, you know, audiences, I guess, or or muses or, or however mm-hmm. you want to say it, that you know they, they it's heartwarming, I guess, to see the see the the guest stars really come in. I mean, even with Piggy in this song, where she uh, you know kind of lifts her spirit up a little bit, mm-hmm. and even George the janitor, George the janitor, Wayne and Wanda, mm-hmm. um, they got they got a nice little crew in here. So we yeah. kind of end out the show. Um, and Ethel thanks Kermit. She said it's the most fun that she's had in a long, long time, and she says, you know, you don't have to be crazy to do the show, but it helps. <laughs> I could imagine it would. Um, Piggy comes out and presents her with roses from all of them. And, you know, in, I understand her asking this question. She asks, like, won't they explode? Um, and Kermit says, no, no, no. Real roses for a real lady. So um, she's actually trying to do something good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Muppets nice. It turned, it turned into a big, uh, you know, something similar to what we see in Muppets Take Manhattan mm-hmm. uh, later on. But yeah, no, they, they, I mean, I think the guest stars go in there um, knowing that they're going to have a, a little fun or could look a little silly, but you know, you notice too, they, they do kind of don't do that with certain stars. They just, they right. revere, they, 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 they do more of like a revering and, and Ethel's one of them. I think more mm-hmm. the uh, elder, uh, more celebrated, I guess, guest stars kind of, kind of get the a little bit different treatment. Okay. I don't know if it's, it's based on them or just how the Muppet, you know, teams sees them and wants to present them, mm-hmm. you know, cause then you have others that get like a lot more silly and, and, you know, I'm not saying that, that, that Miss Merman didn't want to get silly, but mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's just something about her that, that she's more like, I don't know, an elder statesman, like royalty at this point. Right. Or they should, you know, treat her pr- or present her a certain way, I guess. I don't I don't know. I don't want to no, try to get the head of Jim Henson and, and, his, right. and his brain trust there. Right. Um, well, 
again, Nickelodeon removed a few things when it okay. re-aired in the 90s. They removed the first Statler and Waldorf comments, um, which were about the little um, creatures. That's the only thing I could find is the first comments. The first time they talk is about the opening number Java. Mm-hmm. And Waldorf says that song had a nice beat. Statler says, no, no, I don't want to eat. Waldorf then says, I said beat, beat, you old fool. Why don't you turn up your hearing aid? Mm-hmm. And Statler then goes, there's going to be a raid. Well, let's get out of here. And he tries to exit the balcony. And Waldorf then shakes his head and says, I give up. <laughs> so I don't know why they would have removed that, but they removed that. And they removed the first backstage sequence. Um, okay. Again, I don't understand what that. Something. I, maybe something happened that we that we missed or didn't pick up on, but that's when Fozzie informs Kermit that his agent was going to be stopping by. Kind of, you kind of lose something then. Yeah, I agree, but that's the first backstage. It's like removing the shot of like a gun and then firing the gun all of a sudden. Right. So I don't know the reasoning behind that, but those cut those sequences were cut out when it aired on Nickelodeon. It kind of bothers my my what I do for my day job like that. I was going to say the editor in you is probably like, well, look, I did, I did work for Viacom, which is Mm -hmm. the parent company of Nickelodeon and other things. And yes, they are a little strict. I, I did, I did format a series for Noggin, which is not, I don't think that's around anymore. I loved Noggin. They were very, very, you know, I had to remove like, a, a, a shot of a kid in a skateboard park because he didn't have a helmet on. Like I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was very. It was a very eye-opening uh, experience. You know, like they're like, oh, you need to re- you need to remove this references to the Undertaker and Kurt Angle because we don't. You know, I'm like, but he, I can't. I, I, I it's like said, it's, it's like it's like a middle sentence of like of, mm-hmm. of like three or four sentences this character says. So you can't. I can't just take it out. It won't look right. We just, you know, we're not. We don't have alternate takes, you know, this is, right. you know, some, you know in, in television, it's like sometimes what you buy is what you got. <laughs> yeah. And and you got you got to just make it the best you can. And there are certain concessions you need to make. And and that's that's kind of weird, though. Uh, I, I don't know. I'd have to go back and, and rewatch that 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 piece of it and see why they would take it out. Right. Why would they would not why would that they would not want the audience to see that. I don't I, I don't know. I, being honest, even rewatching it recently, I didn't pick up on anything, so I yeah. didn't find that odd. But, um, so we are two episodes down. We have two more to do. Really quickly before we do that, I say we plug ourselves. And by plugging ourselves, I mean let, reminding everyone and letting everyone know about our amazing website and Facebook group. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. PlaySumation.com. Each and every day, all the pods are on there from this feed from the Place Nation Wrestling Network and the North-South Connection, which does include the Jenny position mm-hmm. every Wednesday. Uh, the Facebook group, which is a really great place and the place to be where, you know, pe- there's a lot of self-promotion, a lot of sharing of jokes, a lot of sharing of, of uh, you know, what would you rather do, which is your favorite kind of thing. Like a lot of stuff that really became um, prevalent during, during the pandemic where, you mm-hmm. really couldn't go anywhere, so we had to find other ways to entertain ourselves. Right. Uh, also, we have tournaments, so we don't currently have one going. I think the next one will be in January, but it's a, a it's just a really good community to be part of. And you don't have to be a wrestling fan. It helps, no. but 
you know, it's it's a place where, we, you know, we, we talk almost as much music, almost as much pop culture, and there's some mm-hmm. sports stuff and video games and what have you. So, yeah, just uh, come and join up. And it's where we, um, like Andy said, we have our tournaments, but we also do, um, in October, I do our own version of 31 Nights of Halloween. And in December, I do our Place to Be Nation version of 25 Days of Christmas. So the 25 Days of Christmas will be coming up soon. And we obviously just not that long ago ended the 31 Nights of Halloween. And all of that stays in the group for you guys to like go back over, mm-hmm. add comments, be a part of at any time. Um, another platform that we sit on quite frequently, um, Andy and myself and a few others from the various feeds that we are a big family of, and that is Stream Lounge. Um, the wonderful creators, inventors, whatever you want to call them. I'm not sure. What would we call the guys over there um, of Stream uh, Lounge? The wizards. I don't know. We, what, they, yeah. what, what they did was they took a lot of, like, a lot of what we were doing with our live watches mm-hmm. podcast. Yes. They took all the the – the hard stuff out they just we just go in there you you sign up you create a profile mm-hmm. you schedule something and boom all the technology is there you you know you, ob- you obviously have to put in your um right. your streaming subscription information because that's how it's legal and not mm-hmm. uh you know they won't get sued but no it's it's a really i do it every wednesday night and i do it because one i really enjoy it they're really great but i have fun doing it and now now not only do they have, you know, Netflix, Disney Plus, HBO Max, but they have Peacock. And what does that mean? Well, if you are a wrestling fan, if you're a wrestling fan, that means anything on Peacock that is WWE related or something WWE owns, like WCW, ECW, whatever, uh, there's going to be live watches. And, um, you know, it, it will have happened by the time you, you hear this podcast. But uh, I'm doing a test run and see how it works, uh, how the interface works, because the thing um, about Peacock that was tough is that there are several different servers. And I think people can kind of be like not in sync, I think, with the service. So I think that was the big concern. But we're going to see how it works and hopefully it works well. And if so, there's going to be a lot of streams from from people within our family of of podcasters and, and great people. So. So if you've not joined us on Streamlabs before, um, go over, um, create an account. Even if you're just going to watch, you don't have to do anything fancy. And you can follow Laughing Theater. You can follow Mom's a Nerd. You can follow everybody else. And you will get a notification of when we go live over there. Of course, if that's not your thing, you can just wait and we'll come out in podcast form, yep. um, which will be posted on Place to Be Nation Facebook group and Place to Be Nation.com website. Um, yep. And the pop and, experience, and it, yeah. and also Blockbuster Rewatch, and it's streamlounge.io. There you go. Um, of course, if you are listening to us on your podcast feed, we would appreciate if you would rate the feed, because we are a whole feed with multiple shows. Um, but even if you're only here for this show, if you could rate the feed five stars, that'd be fantastic, because you wouldn't be here if we were any less than that, right? Yep. Yep. Yes, so, on on the iTunes, on whatever podcast whatever, software, yeah. on Podbean, you know, ratings do help us. It, you know, yeah. look, this is a free fo- podcast feed. We don't do it for money. We do it because we love it. But, you know, getting those ratings really tells us, like, you know, hey, we're doing something right. We're doing a good right. job for you, for you uh, listeners out there. It makes, you know, it's, it's just a little feedback you can do yeah. to, to kind of, uh, you know, reinforce us and, and keep us going. 
Um, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but rating a podcast feed, whether it's a singular show or one like ours that has a lot of shows on one feed, when you rate it, it actually helps increase its visibility. Um, So if you are a Muppets fan and you've been enjoying listening to Andy and I talk about the Muppets or say you are a wrestling fan and you've been enjoying one of our other podcasts or you've been listening to Andy and Steve and I on our Disney podcast. Please give us a quick little goog rate there on whatever. It doesn't matter if you listen on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. I could sit here all day because there's a lot of options now. Um, Just rate it and uh, help us be seen by other people. Um, That and sharing with your friends is the highest form of flattery and compliments that we could ask for. Yeah, tag us on Facebook, on Insta. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I'm more of a, a voyeur on Instagram. Like, I don't really post anything. I follow people on there, but tag mom's a nerd. Tag. I post. Yeah, I post. Yeah. I post. Yeah. But yeah. Um, and that's another reason why our spot, our, that most people would designate for an ad of some sort, our ad is ourselves. We, we promote ourselves. In our, mm-hmm. in yeah, our, we'll, we'll plug yeah. our other stuff later on. But yeah, it's a nice t- to take a pause. Yeah. And really just tell you about all the all the great stuff we're involved in here and, and this community and and the kind of branching out we've done with with Stream Lounge and with, uh, you know, all the different feeds where, you know, we do appear on on other mm-hmm. feeds from time to time on other shows. I, I just launched a new wrestling show, which I will talk about uh, later on. Yeah. So to quote an old school, if you've been here a while. Please check out our veritable heaven <laughs> of podcast shows. Yes, uh, formerly known as the Quadapods, because they the used to be four feeds. Now there are three since since the Jenny position uh, merged over onto the North South connection. But yeah, the Quadapod sounds a lot better. Yeah, but we we technically are still, um, but we are a, a family of pods. So yes, do that. But with that, that means we have two episodes left to complete season one of the muppet show so this is episode 23 um it aired no or excuse me production november 23rd through the 26th of 1976 aired in the uk on january 23rd of 1977 and in the u.s march 7th of 1977 and our guest is Kay ballard i had to be honest and say I did not know who Kay Ballard was. I remember the name. I couldn't tell you what she had done. Yeah. Um, so Kay Ballard, born in 1925, unfortunately passed away in 2019, was a comic actress and singer who began her career um, when she guest starred on The Muppet Show in this episode. She appeared on Broadway in such musicals as The Golden Apple and Carnival and appeared as Ruth in Joseph Papp's 1980s adaptation of Gilbert and Sullivan's The Pirates of Penzance. Mm. She played one of the stepsisters on the 1957 early TV show of Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella, opposite of Julie Andrews. Fun fact, Miranda got scared of that one. Yeah. Something to do with, with the stepsisters. I don't remember. It creeped me out. Anyway. Um, she also appeared on the Ed Sullivan Show, Perry Como's Craft Music Hall, as a regular craft music hall player, and in other variety shows. Um, in sitcoms, she was regular in The Mothers-in-Law and What a Dummy. Other TV credits do include the 1993 stint on All My Children and a guest spot on Here's Lucy, The Love Boat, and Do South. She's one of those like stars of like the 70s that which like would show up on like yeah. the perpetual guest star. Yeah. Probably on a lot of game shows. 
Uh, mm-hmm. One thing I didn't know about her, I learned when when I was looking her up as well, was um, uh, she was a rival of Martha Ray, who was known as the Big Mouth back yeah. then. Uh, you know, she was Martha Ray is in that Phyllis Diller category where like, yes. like not that not not the most attractive, but wickedly funny. I mean, you know, Martha mm-hmm. Martha Ray, you know, she I I really remember her from doing. Uh, uh, I think it was like Pepsodent commercials, like for like, uh, you know, denture stuff because she was much oh, she was yeah. older. But yeah, she would say, take it from the big mouth. I know. <laughs> or something like that. She kind of reminded oh, me yeah, of yeah. one of my, my grandmas a little bit too. You know, she's one of those that if you look up her IMDb list, um, Kay Ballard, she's been in like one of this, one of that, one of this, one of that. She's done some movies later in life before she passed, like Baby Geniuses, just things that, like Adventures of Tom Sawyer. So she's done a, a few different things. Um, I saw her face and kind of sort of recognized her. So I think maybe I I still don't I still can't classify her as I know who she was, though. But. Yeah, she well, that was kind of the look. Like yes. she had a very, very familiar look to like. That's true. That's very true. Of that time of actresses, like of comedians kind of like had that kind of like that tip, that hairstyle was very common, I guess. And, and mm-hmm. you know, that you know, she's like one of those like almost like borscht belt kind of. Uh, OK, yeah. Comedians. I don't know mm-hmm. if you, I don't know if we've talked about what a, what the borscht belt is. The borscht belt is. It is basically the Catskills where all like the Jewish comics would play and things like that and mm-hmm. had similar, you know, that, that hairstyle was in style. It was. It, it was. Know, yeah. Yeah. Back then, like short and like almost, you know, some some women have like. Everyone has family photos from that time yeah. period that at least two of your aunts and maybe your grandma had this hairstyle. Yep, exactly. If so. I was ever post like photos like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm pretty sure my grandma briefly had this hairstyle. I won't oh, lie. Yeah. Yeah, my, my, my Aunt Joanne had this hairstyle forever. See? Yeah, everybody mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. Um, so our Muppets theme show is actually Fozzie tries to tell a joke. Because, um, you know, he always kind of tells a joke and like before Kermit yeah. does his to introduce to you. Um, but he tells a joke and he tries to tell a joke about a very fat pig. Doesn't go so well. Miss Piggy yeah. shows up and kind of teaches him a lesson. Um, which is another hi yeah, yeah, you don't mess, but you don't, don't talk about pigs. the high yas. Yeah, because we're going to get more of them. We're going to start getting a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so Crazy Harry sets off an explosion before Gonzo can hit the gong, and Gonzo notes that his version is not bad. Again, mm-hmm. another repeat from episode 18. Yeah. Um, I predict Andy's creeped out. Slightly. Slightly. Slightly, not not badly, but a little bit. A little bit. Okay, so we get the country trio, um, which are like full size Muppets. Yeah. Um, they're a hillbilly band consisting of Muppet versions of basically Jim Henson, Frank Oz, and Jerry Nelson. So it's their versions of themselves as Muppets. Mm-hmm. Um, Muppetized. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So they're named for their performers. Jim played the banjo, Frank played the bass, and Jerry played guitar. They were created for a 1972 appearance on the Pericoma Winter Show where they sang You Don't Mess Around with Jim. They then sang Mama Don't Allow on the Dick Cavett Show in 73. Um, so they they get some they get some going around. They actually, we've talked about this, the very first Muppets ever that you cannot find was 
the Muppet Show Sex and Violence, if you remember. And they actually appear in the background of that. So they have been around for a while, obviously, since they are Muppet versions, or as you said, Muppetized versions of our creators of the show. Um, we are going to see them a couple of more times. Well, I, I think believe. we've already seen them at least once. We did, yeah. In 105, they sang I Want to Go Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, we see them now doing In the Summertime. And then without Frank in episode 322, Riding a four-legged friend. So we see them a couple more times, and we have seen them already. Um, but I don't think we t- said then that it was Muppetized versions of of those guys. No, I think we did. Yeah, we did. No, I, I don't. I don't oh, okay. think we did. But you know, yeah. I mean, anybody who knows what Jim Henson looks like, you look at him like, oh yeah. Oh yeah, you're like that's Jim Henson. I, I could I could not pick Jerry Nelson out of a lineup, but Frank Oz, I, I remember. You know, he had a few on on screen roles. I mean. Most famously from Spies Like Us, another mm-hmm. underrated movie that Dan Aykroyd Chevy Chase, where he plays kind of like the, uh, uh, not an instructor, but like the test giver uh-huh. in it. So, um, you know, and he sounds like a Muppet when he's, Rinkthorpe, Lewis Cherry. Hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you know what Frank Oz kind of looks like from, from more media, but like, you know, some of the other uh, Muppet performers have no clue what the hell they look like. So um, Floyd, Mosey's backstage. Floyd Pepper is his name, by the way. He comes on yep. backstage, and he tells Kermit that he's Anklin. And Kermit protests, but Floyd explains that he just can't take the theme song anymore. Mm-hmm. Since he has uh, a room for life at the home of the chronically groovy. Yeah, man. I, I Floyd is another one of my, my favorite Muppets, because he's just so cool. Yeah. Like so, so, and he's like co so kind of like honest. You know, I, I, like I, little I kid honest where they're not trying to be mean, but they're like Yeah, like look look this. frog man, I just can't do this anymore, okay? And this is why. It's like, a very sh- swear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. And I like the con- continuity they, they they do have with this, including the end of the show, which we'll we'll talk about when we get there. But the continuity is really yeah. spot on on this episode. So um, all the other musicians come back to stage to reveal that they also dislike the theme song. But when asked what he thinks, Animal says that he does like the song until Floyd reminds him that he does not. They <laughs> agree to stay only until after they've performed with the show's guest star. A stay of execution, they say. Yes. So our guest star finally appears, Kay Ballard, and she dances and sings a duet, Oh Babe, what would you say with the giant blue monster named Thog? And now we discussed this. Thog does not creep you out. No, I love Thog. He, outside of Sweetums, my giant. favorite large Muppet. He's, I think he's actually the biggest Muppet. Nine and a half feet tall. And it is quite the um, the feet to control this Muppet, I guess, from from oh, inside. Because sure. yeah, I I love Thog and and. Once the open changes, we see Thog in, in all the episodes. And I have a, I actually have a Thog figure, not a very big one. Um, you know, I have the regular Muppet figures, but then they had these collections. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of smaller versions of them. And I remember this one set, it had Thog and Sam the Eagle and Manamana. So I, I do own, I do, so I do own a Manamana figure as well. And so the Thog... 
dog was kind of like a to scale mm-hmm. was was not that big. He's probably the size of like a regular size figure. Yeah. Think. So there's a sketch that I would love to have like a copy of, and it's like a sketch of Thog done by Jen Hemson standing next to like a, a human person, and it says on there nine to nine and a half feet. Yeah. I mean, of, you like, see, K K barely reaches his yeah. chin. Oh yeah, she's like right there at like his arm. It's so yeah. cute. She's like hanging on. Um, I thought this was okay. Yeah, like I like Thog, so like okay. Yeah, yeah, I yeah I think it's cute. That's all. That's the only real thing yeah. about it. I mean, the thing about Thog that does not creep me out. He is Muppet through and through. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. He's just there's nothing nothing that like would be uh he just he's just yeah he's like he's literally yeah. like a giant teddy bear. And this is not the first time Thog actually performs this um, song, but he doesn't do it on the Muppets. He um, also performs it with Julie Andrews on the Julie Andrews Hour. Okay. So he does it on two occasions. Um, obviously, this duet with her, and then on the Julie Andrews show. Um, that was cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So having played for Kay Ballard's number now. Pepper and the band uh, once again begin to think about leaving. And Kermit reminds them that Kay has another number and then tells the band that if they agree to stay through the whole show and play the closing theme, next week there will be a brand new theme song. The conductor, Nigel, has even agreed to write a new song. This is enough to convince the band to leave for good. Huh? No, that made me, that that cracked me up. It's like, nope, we're out. (laughs) Yep. So this can this isn't enough to convince the band to just leave for good, as Nigel wrote the first one. <laughs> I know it's like why do we want more crap? Right, well, why would we want more of him? Yeah, and he mm-hmm. says I always thought it was kind of a hip tune. Hmm. You don't know. What I like the Nigel's. theme song. Everyone I likes love it. the theme song. I love it, but I understand. Like I understand. Um, so what's really funny is when Floyd, like you said, he whispers, he's like, he wrote the first one, man. And the whole band is like, nope, nope, we're done. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a Muppet News Flash. Uh, Muppet News Flash, the newsman tries to conven- or tries to converse with Miss Gretchen Powers, who is obviously our guest star, Kay, a woman trying to set the world record for the longest sentence ever spoken. It is long, but it is entirely pointless. Yep. So Kay appears on the monitor. And she's going. And the dog fell over the nose of the tree and went into the spaghetti factory. And the six million man marched into the foghorns under the double-decker bus, whose onion soup spoke of undermining the welfare of the country. The newsman tries to interrupt her and says, Miss Powers, could we interrupt for a minute? She inhales. But the grace of the noodle pie, I go. And the spokesman for the group who wore a turtleneck and convertible as <laughs> the rain fell for the first time since the first packet was on the side of the tree. And he tries again. Right? And he's like, yeah. the sentence you're saying is long, but I'm missing the point of it. That was covered. And what was said was not the fault of the blueberry bush, but instead of the imaginators arrived at the course of factory. And she keeps going. Uh, Mrs. Power's husband, Carl, said that it makes about as much sense as anything that she said. He said this from his home and the clinging vine home for the crazed. Agreed that life could be on the third row of the balcony because that's the way it is. And you cannot believe what goes on. That's funny. It's my brain. 24-7. <laughs> my favorite my favorite part was when she said um it's not the fault of the blueberry bush but instead of the investigators that arrived at the corvet vac- corset factory i was like i don't i don't even know but i, I feel it <laughs> yeah what's happening here i don't know what's happening but i feel like i get it 
Yeah. That, that's ADD brain right there. Yes, it is. So we go to the dance, and Janice discusses her family history dating back to the 17th century. Zoot states that his family records can be found in the 19th precinct. Yeah, that was kind of funny. Kermit and Piggy dance together. Piggy speaks a foreign language. When Kermit asks if Italian, Piggy tells him that it's Pig Latin. <laughs> was that the first time Kermit and Piggy danced together? I felt like it was. Yeah, I think I've, we've seen that before. I could be wrong, but I felt like, or if it's not the first time they've danced together, it's the first time they've danced together and been like a conversation yeah. in the dance, if that makes sense. Um, our UK spot is Pa. And he sings, life gets to Jesus, doesn't it? To just, to, I can't say it. Help me here. Life gets to just, doesn't it? There we go. What? It's supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I, mm-hmm. That one was. And he sings this with Rover Joe by his side. And there's a mouse or a rat, whatever that yeah. is. It's a very, it's very sweet. simple sketch. Yeah. It reminded me of one of my favorite Garfield cartoons ever, ever, where Garfield goes on Pet Search, which is like... Uh, Star Search? Star Search, yeah. And there's this dog. He's like, I had a dog, and his name's Blue, and he sings real good. And the guy's rocking in a rocking chair as he's singing, and he rocks on, and he goes, and he sings real good. And then as he rocks over the... the dog's tail he goes he sings and he does that because he rocks on his tail and yeah. i don't know why because he doesn't rock on the dog's tail in this but it just reminded me of that i randomly sing that little he sings all the time i was like this is kind of a crappy life here you know just sitting there and the whole place falls apart uh, like i was like this is not oh, yeah. the most uplifting of uh, uh sketches here but if it hadn't done that, it's just kind of cute and simple. Yeah. I want that broom that he has on his front porch. Oh, okay. I think his wife landed and forgot to take it inside. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we get a talk spot, and Kermit talks to Kay about his problems with the band. Mm-hmm. She calls for Animal so she can discuss the problem with him, and Animal tells her what's wrong. And she translates to Kermit, Animal feels a deep-seated hostility in what he interprets as a demeaning situation. Hmm. Both she and Kermit find the theme song catchy. Animal bites Kay for his outrage. Kay stops him and convinces Animal that he should instead discuss the matter with Kermit. A rather violent discussion follows in which Animal ties Kermit up in a knot. That looked like it hurt. Just a little. Yeah. Yep, just a little. But it also creeped me out. Do you remember the one where Kermit, like, mushes flat? I don't remember what episode we were. And I was like, oh, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I don't remember which one it was, but I did not care for that. I don't, yeah, I'm trying to remember which episode it was. Sometimes, yeah, it, when you see Kermit kind of, like, be, like, a jerk. Yeah, but he does this, like, little, like, folding flat thing. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. I, I do remember that one. Yeah, so. that, but that's what him twisted as a pretzel reminded me of. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know why, but it like bothers me for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get a little sketch called the barber shop. A hairy green creature walks into the barber shop, and he sits in a chair. Um, and a barber takes to cutting the out of control hair of this former rocker. 
The rocker wants everything on him cut short. When the bur- barber is all through, he accidentally sneezes, blowing the minuscule creature that was hidden under all that hair away, and before he even gets paid. Um, Statler and Waldorf make a few comments during this sketch as well. It's, it's weird. It's weird. I remember distinctly this one bothering me as a kid. I don't know why. I kept. I remember after this, I had dreams, uh, like actual nightmares, where like they cut my hair, and the more they cut, like the more I disappeared. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm rewatching it as an adult. It reminded me of those dreams, and I confirmed with my mom. I was like. Remember those weird dreams I used to have where the more they cut my hair and she's like, yeah, it was from something on the Muppet show that bothered you. And I was like, okay, (laughs) so I'm not crazy. Like it was, yeah. But I watched it now and it just kind of made me laugh. Yeah, it's it's just, it's kind of weird. There's like, you know, because you see characters like that are present in lots of things. And you wonder like, Uh what would happen if Cousin Nick got a haircut? What would happen if, if uh, Wild Mike in Barnyard, oh God, I haven't thought about that movie a long time uh bar uh you know uh got haircut like things like that like would there even be anything there right so backstage floyd tells kermit that the band has agreed not to leave if floyd is permitted to write the new theme song but floyd is certain that kermit will hate his music Hmm. he just won't understand it because floyd doesn't even understand it uh, Floyd tells Kermit that if he wasn't sure he was a genius, he wouldn't listen to the trash he writes. Hmm. <laughs> kind of out there. I okay. Hmm. So we get Vindaface machine back. I don't know. This thing is weird. I'm sorry. The Vindaface machine is weird. Kind of creepy. It is kind of creepy. This time it turns a hideous woman into a beautiful woman, and then gives another woman. The hideous woman's features. So that's where it was calling it a facelift machine. That would be why. Um, it goes, hello, I am the Vindaface, the world's fully automated facelift machine. Just insert a coin in the slot. Step up to the machine, and within moments, your facelift will be complete. Um, and we get a whatnot that this is used on. Um, but it's just, I don't know how I feel about this Vinda face. I understand that they put a, mon- a lot of money into making it, so you want to get use out of it, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm good if, if if Vinda face goes Vinda way. You know what I mean? <laughs> Vinda woo! <laughs> Vinda, get the hell out of here. Get off my TV screen. Uh, so the More band- like Vinda farce. Vinda farce. <laughs> I broke Miranda. Oh my god. Anyway, okay, I, I get it. I get it. They spent a lot of money on this thing, but oh, I could you all just imagine like Miranda and I have never, ever, never met in person. And we I actually hope, haven't. Uh, no, we do. But could you imagine me if me and Miranda ever like got together and we're like just drinking one night and just oh how God. much I would break Miranda all night. Just just making her constant make snort laugh. laughs. Yeah, yeah. Constant, constant snorting. It would be What's really really funny is i don't know if i've ever told you this but like i snort when i get like wow you guys have heard it like i've been on this feed for seven years almost now i think um so you're not new to it if you're not new to me you're not new to this but what's funny is that none of you guys have never heard and no one will ever be able to hear it again when i was in high school i had i actually had a nickname because of my laugh and my nickname was turkey 
And I actually entered a few turkey calling com competitions and won as well. There you go. Because when I would laugh, if, and I can like fake the noise kind of, but you know that like, er, 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 er. yeah. Uh -huh. When I would laugh, instead of snorting or like pigging or anything, I actually would make that noise not on purpose, could not control it. It just happened. Um, and then Kate, when Kaden was about, when, when I was pregnant with Kaden, I started getting horrific, like horrific, like you turn on a faucet nosebleeds, like where I was like passing out from losing so much blood, like just bad nosebleeds. Um, and right after I had him, they did a nasal surgery where they removed nasal polyps um, and cauterized them and everything. And they've never come back. But, and I didn't know I even had them. Like it, I apparently was getting like larger and larger and it closed off the, I couldn't breathe either. Um, once they did that, I don't do that anymore. Oh, I don't, okay. I don't do it anymore. So unfortunately, no one will ever hear that again. <laughs> uh, but funny laughs, like, snort, like I remember my friend dated a girl and she would, when you would get her going, she would snort. I purposely, like, like I was like, if she started to snort, it was like putting chum in the water for a shark. I just honed in and I just was relentless just to get her going to the point where she couldn't stop snorting. I mean, people with, with funny laughs, that, that, that's just, that, that's, yeah. That's, that's, that's like, to me, that's yeah. just, that, that's, my that mom, feeds me. Like you wouldn't believe. My mom has a really good friend that literally when she gets like really tickled, she smells just like Smedley. But like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I can't even do it. Like, I can't even fake it. Yeah, my, my dad got up. When my dad really cracks up. He goes, <laughs> my sister laughs similar to George McFly. Oh, my gosh. And, but she does like this. Eh, 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 and I, it just drives <laughs> me. I just, I'm like, what, what do you, what, 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 oh, God. Yeah, I hate, I had, I, it's just. And then sometimes people have like really bad laughs and you try to avoid like oh, there was an editor yeah. I worked with and I was stuck in the edit room with this person for eight hours. And I got to the point where I tried to avoid saying anything remotely funny because like, eh, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't. I, I'm, I'm, stuck, I'm stuck in this little ass edit room with you for eight hours. I cannot listen to this anymore. Like, oh, like I would just you would ask me. Yes. Like, you, like they're very unandy, like trying to make little jokes and humor all, all for eight hours to get it. I was just stoic. I was just like, no, I'm just going to do my work because I do not want to listen to this person's laugh. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. I so hard at their laugh that they would yes. think they would go to HR and be like, she's making fun of me. And be like, no, I'm really not. Have you heard it? I can't help it. I had a coworker, I had a coworker of mine who used to, her voice would go up when she would start to laugh. She would always go, oh, my God. <laughs> I also find people's laughs funny. Um, if I ever laugh at your laugh, I'm not making fun of you. I'm laughing with you. I really am. Yeah. Like, I'm not meaning that in a sarcastic, like, bitch. I really do mean that. Like, I find yeah. laughs great. Um, so, who is not laughing right now is old Pepper there. So, yeah. his band, they play Fugue for Frog. <laughs> it's suggested as the new theme song um, that is written by Floyd and the rest of the Electric Mayhem when they threaten. Obviously, they've threatened to leave. Um, Kermit loves the title but hates the rest. So he likes the title of the song, but he hates the rest. 
He describes it as the worst and then asks how they play plan to play for Kay Ballard with all of their instruments backstage. And Floyd's answer is, like always, loudly. Um, so our band do rush on stage to join Kay for one note samba. Kay and Miss Piggy battle to upstage each other throughout the whole song. Uh, which I thought this was funny. I thought this was a good use of Miss Piggy trying to upstage and be better. Yes, I really enjoyed this. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, they're using various instruments. Kay kind of finally triumphs, as always, um, with the help of a tuba. The um, yeah. Muppet Orchestra, of course, provides accompaniment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fugue for Frog. I don't know how I feel about that either. Um, so at the closing, Floyd and the band come on stage, wanting Kay to sign a petition regarding the theme song. Kay also tells Kermit that she loves all of the Muppets, with the possible exception of Miss Piggy, who she believes is very hoggy. <laughs> not settle well with Piggy, and she gives a hiya to Kay. But a fight ensues. Yes. Um, so Kermit's like, we'll see you next time on the Muppet Show. And Ralph, now the only band member left, plays the closing theme song yeah, on I, the piano. This is what I was talking about, the continuity. This was, this, yeah. like, I, I popped for this. I'm like, this is really smart. Like, yeah. really, really well. Because it's all popping or, back out and being yeah. like, it's the Muppet Show and playing the song. Like, they're like, no, we told you we were leaving. Like, You didn't believe us, did you? Yeah, and it's literally... In the in the close character says piano version of the music credits playing, but yeah, it's just it's just Nigel the conductor and, yeah. and Rolf sitting there because Rolf is not in the band technically, no. although although the other woman isn't in the band either. It, well, it, look, but Doctor, it's weird because like Doctor T's not part of the orchestra, but the rest of the uh, you know most of the mayhem is like yeah. I think it's Doctor T and Janice are not part of the Muppet band, right? But Zoot, Animal, and Floyd are, plus that other woman who's the trumpeter, who I think gets replaced by Lips eventually. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. kind of interesting. Um, but I like where Ralph looks at Nigel, because Nigel's the one that wrote the song, if you remember. And he says, you must admit, Nigel, this does sound a little square. Mm-hmm. And Nigel just responds, play hound, play. It's like, just play it. Yeah. So this is the only episode of the season to have a completely different ending than the canned footage of the Muppet Orchestra playing at the end, keeping with the theme of Floyd and the band, as you said, strike being on strike as seen in the closing. Uh, Ralph playing the piano version of the end of the theme while Nigel watches him. Also, this is the first episode where someone other than Statler and Mordorf have a closing joke, which in this case is Ralph complaining about the theme song. Um, Again, this is also the first episode with two separate final shots. One of Ralph embarrassingly finishing the closing while Nigel bows, and the other that cuts backstage showing the band as they were for a fugue for Frog, while Kermit just sits on the railing waving. Hmm. The backstage shot was later released on the Muppet Show Season 1 DVD set. The D- Disney DVD version keeps the original ATV logo and cuts to the alternate closing shot of the band backstage. Um, this episode was the only episode in which the trumpet girl speaks. She has one line performed by Aaron Osker. Okay, that's, says, yeah, that's that's why I didn't know. I like I just know her as being part of the band. That's all. Yeah, so she's just called Trumpet Girl, and this is the only time she speaks. Apparently, oh. um, 
It says, though, it likes to note that this episode obviously closes without kind of resolving that orchestra storyline. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they yeah. left, but... Um, and this is unusual for a first season episode. Fozzie Bear doesn't make an appearance. I mean, he appeared at the beginning and he made the opening joke where Piggy hired him. Oh. But then we don't see Fozzie again. Wow, I didn't notice that. Hmm. But I guess the focus is on um, Floyd Pepper and Electric Mayhem and the orchestra and Nigel, really. Yeah. I mean, it's about them at this point. Uh, yeah, and Piggy. Piggy was and, prominent, yeah. a prominent. It was a prominent Piggy episode. Piggy's been prominent in the last couple of episodes, though. Yeah. So I feel like this ending out that we're doing is very Piggy heavy. Because we've gotten a lot of mm-hmm. hi-yahs, which are the first of our hi-yahs. So. We've gotten a few, though. We have. Well, yeah, but no, I'm saying we've gotten a lot. Like, yeah. this, this episode the, that we're the, doing. The hi-yah quotient has been, has been right. uh, upped. It has been raised, for sure. Yes. Um. So we come to the. You could say, you could say it's a Haya bar. Haya bar, yeah. <laughs> um. Sorry, sorry, that was bad. <laughs> look, look, fireworks gonna shoot out of my ass. This is the show, folks. Okay. Uh, okay. So, almost complete for the end of season one, we have come to the final episode, which is number twenty-four. Um, it was in production November 23rd through the 26th of 1976, appeared in the UK on January 9th of 1977, and then March 21st in the US of 1977. And Andy and I have lots of thoughts. This episode should have just been called The Trigger Episode. <laughs> so it's Moomin, Mumminshaus? Mumminshaus? Something like that, like Swedish or some shit? Yes, they are an (laughs) experimental troupe that were formed in uh, Switzerland. The group is made up of performers whose techniques include acting, puppeteering, expressive dance, and other forms of artistry. They mainly perform in black leotards and minimal attire with very creative masks. Members typically remain silent during their performances as well. Um, They guest starred on this episode of The Muppet Show, where they play faces created with pieces of paper and marker, a fly house appear, they talk spot. Um, they do appear on Sesame Street as well. Oh, okay. Um, they, that's why they, I, I, I remember them and I remember seeing them more than once. And that's yeah. why. Uh, so on Sesame Street, they appear in several inserts. In one segment, two performers wear a cardboard box demonstrating the concepts of the same and different by changing each other's appearances. And then in episode uh, 1108, the troupe appeared in several inserts, pantomiming animals and objects, including slinky, a monkey, a frog, um, a head and a tail, a clam and a fly. Hmm. So uh, it appears that they are mentioned in the Muppet Babies as well. Oh. All right. They're from Switzerland because I'm. I yeah, have they are up. from Switzerland. I, I have the episode up. I said they are disposed. I shouldn't do that. But I, I am, I, but I am Swiss. That's that's I'm how I Swiss. am. Um, so our Muppet Show theme, Gonzo shoots the O with the blunderbuss. This is repeated from episode 19. So apparently everything's been cleared up because Scooter and Floyd Pepper sing Mr. <laughs> Baseman with Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem back, backing them this up. This is probably one of the most normal opens we've had. Oh, absolutely. Because because the rest of the episode is batshit crazy. That's one way to describe it, yes. Mm. 
So backstage, Miss Piggy discovers a mysterious note on her dressing room door. My dearest Piggy, you must know how much I love you. I cannot pretend any longer. I will wait for you in your dressing room, Monsieur. So she is positive. Anybody want to take a guess who she thinks this is from? Hmm, he's green and he hops along. Yeah, she is positive this is from her Kermie. Um, but she enters the dressing room very eagerly, only to discover that it is not. Her passion's flower embrace comes from none other than Gonzo. Which is kind of out of character from what we know about Gonzo. Because Gonzo, I thought, only had an affinity for chickens. I, I thought so, too. But I think that comes later. I don't yeah. think that's been said or stated. And maybe that's why he only has an affinity for chickens is because of how the pig treated him. Yeah, I, well, I think also he hasn't been fleshed out yet. That's true. That's very true. Yeah, fleshed out. Not fleshed, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're all over the place tonight. Oh, my God. Um, Kermit introduces our special guest. Moomin Moomin Shazen. I'm going to butcher this, guys. Let's just call him Moom. 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 Let's call him Moom. That's what it says in my notes. Every time they're on, I says Moom. So this is an act as difficult to describe as to pronounce. So there we go. There we go. Um, For their first act, they wear masks with different facial expressions drawn on them. And as the story progresses, they tear away pieces of the mask or draw on the mask, revealing new expressions. So this one... This skit they do, I'm okay with. Yeah, it's it's not bad. I mean, the barefoot thing bothers me because I don't like the feet. I don't like feet either. But, uh, yeah, it's basically their, their masks with, like, I would just say, like, post-it, pads of post-it notes. Yeah. Kind of. mm-hmm. And they have different, like, the eyes are drawn differently to convey emotion and how they're mm-hmm. feeling and things like that. And it's, I, I, yeah, this one I'm not that bad with. It's weird. Um, but it is extremely uh, creative. But sometimes, like some, sometimes the faces look a little odd. Yep. And the conversation. Kinda, it, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, just it. It. I, but it, it's. It's like it starts to trigger. Like yeah. really, Like I start to get a little itchy. Yeah. So Kermit does say they use a unique mixture of pantomime and masks. That's about as difficult to describe, basically, as to pronounce. Yeah. Um, but what I love is the conversation that Statler and Waldorf have. Um, so Waldorf's like, fantastic, incredible. They remind me of puppets. Hmm, says Statler. Uh, puppets. I've always hated puppets. So Waldorf says, ah, you're a traitor to your class. Statler goes, what class? I never even graduated. <laughs> yep, that's re- that's really weird. I love them, though. The Statler and Waldorf part. So... Backstage, this craziness is going on, and Gonzo is still following Miss Piggy around. He's totally enamored with her, and she states that this whole thing is a case of mistaken identity, yet he still asks her to hold him. Last time she asked somebody to hold her, somebody said, hold me. It didn't go well. Um, She repeatedly refuses, and he begs her to just touch him. So she does touch him with a hiya! (laughs) I'm telling you, the last person that said hold me, it didn't go well. Um, this one I thought was a little odd, but okay. So the Blue Danube is performed by noisy patrons of a library. Okay. So yeah, Ms. this is this is yeah, interesting. It's it's fine. It's creative. I yeah. can tell you that much, but I I don't love it. Yeah, that's why I was like, it's. 
fine. So Miss Piggy sneezes or coughs for her parts. Fozzie Bear blows his nose and taps on the table. Hilda rustles the pages of a newspaper. Nigel chews gum. And Zelda Rose, the librarian, she conducts the whole thing. Yeah, Nigel chewing the gum kind of bugs me a little bit. In the library. Because he's, he, well, he's chewing like a cow, too. That's why my mother used to say that. Cow on cud. You're chewing like a cow there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I d- it's fine. It's fine. And, and and gum chewing is kind of frowned upon in libraries, too, by the way. Yes, typically. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, So we get another mum performance. Uh, Kermit introduces some of the very strange-looking things that the mummins do. Um, so he says they do some very strange-looking things, things that look like this. And one of the Miller uh, members assumes the role of a caterpillar. And then there's things that go like this. And another one is a fly. And then what about this one? And then this one uh, assumes the role of a green mouth that catches a speck with its tongue and eats it. Yeah. It, this it's, was, it, I didn't like this. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't love it. it it's weird. It's, it's like, you know, like, look, I'm not going to crap on it, but I don't like right. performance art. But I, I get that at the same time, this is like technically exactly who they are and what they're known yeah. for. And people loved it. But I'm just not a fan of what we've seen so far. Like the first meet, the first thing they did. OK, it was fine. Yeah. It was, OK, this one didn't like it. But the one where they're like the frog, that kind of reminded me of how I controlled uh, Audrey, too, when I was in uh, Little Shop of Horrors a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, similar, similar to, to that. Um, so we get the dance at the dance. Our couples are in the ballroom and the jokes this week make one couple so mad that they blow their tops. <laughs> um, I don't the jokes. I didn't don't remember what the jokes were, but I remember they blow their tops, which just means they yeah. really lose their heads. It was kind of funny. Yeah, we get, you know, George and uh, we have animal here dancing with, uh, you know, somebody. Where he's like, my watch won't run. And he's like, I'll run it for you. And they start, you know, taking her and running. <laughs> so it's kind of silly. So a segment I actually did really enjoy in this episode was the UK spot where a little eel sings when I'm not near the fish I love. And I thought it was just really kind of cute and wholesome and a yeah, palate I, I, cleanser to the eh. Yeah, I called it a, I called it a fish tank. Uh, where, where uh, like a little fishy is singing with real fish going around them. Yeah, pretty pretty much there, and they are they're actual real fish and this little muppet. It says that he's an eel. Um, this variation was performed by an eel as the UK spot on episode 124. Altered lyrics um, from an unknown source. It says um, because the song itself is usually when I'm not near the gurgle I love. They they uh. took and changed it from that. Um, so we get our talk spot. Kermit tries to have a conversation with the Mummins, uh, a challenge since they do not talk. <laughs> he tells them that they can say anything, even something silly. Unfortunately, silly things are all they have to say. The mouse on their masks open, bubbles and ping pong balls come out. I I thought it was kind of funny. If you're a kid, you're probably going to really love it. Like, he opened his mouth and ping pong balls come out, open his mouth and bubbles come out, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was it's weird. Pretty, yeah, it's weird, but it's the better of what they've it's done. It's not 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 like we got coming up soon. No. Oh god. So 
Kermit, in an effort to help Gonzo, asks Miss Piggy if she would go to a dinner after the show. He offers her a candlelit dinner with wine and dancing and a walk in the moonlight. And Piggy is, oh my God, you can tell. She's like, oh my God, I've been waiting for this. Oh my God, she's so excited. When Piggy says that she would go, Kermit shoves Gonzo at her and says, yeah, he would love to as well. <laughs> yeah, Kermit finally got somebody to uh, to take his place, basically. Yes. Like his stunt double. <laughs> Pretty much. I think um, even though we, we've... Uh, Kermit and Piggy have already had conversations about this before. I think Kermit is somewhat in denial. Like, he doesn't yeah. quite grasp that Piggy is interested mm-hmm. in him. Or maybe he thinks it's just like a fleeting fancy and that she really doesn't. I don't know. So, Sam the Eagle introduces Wayne and Wanda, his Mary, his beloved Wayne and Wanda, with a review from Leonard Bernstein. These two are a manifestation of the musical mediocrity that passes for talent in our troubled times. <laughs> That's funny. Wayne and Wanda then proceed to sing It's Only a Paper Moon. And, of course, if you've watched any of this, that you know some sort of natural disaster is about to happen to these two. Yeah, and a moon falls on Wayne. Poor Wayne. It's always Wayne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wayne, 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 Wayne gets the, the the short stick usually. Yeah, he does. Um, Vindiface is back, and this time it gets Statler, um, and his face. Yeah, and he gets Statler the uh, the kind of punched in face a little bit. Yep. So he says, "Hello, I am Vindiface. Simply insert a coin in the slot, step to the machine, and I'll rearrange your looks." All right, puts a coin in the slot. Phase one. Two mechanical hands emerge and tilt Stetler's face upward. That's good. And then punches him right in the face, leaving it twisted. And then Stetler walks away. I guess it technically did what it was supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. If, I'm, I'm curious to see if Vendaface comes back. Yep. I don't know. I hope not. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of over Vendaface. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. I'm, uh, you know, it's, like I said, Venda, get the hell out of my face. Right. How's that? <laughs> So, Miss Piggy confronts Kermit about the trick that he pulled on her and tries to discuss ways that he can make it up to her. Throughout, Gonzo interrupts as he tries to get closer to her, and when Kermit reminds Piggy that he does not want her, Gonzo asks if he can have her. (laughs) This scene does not end well for either one of them, as we get two hi-yahs! You get a double hi-yah chop here. Yeah, it's one. She says hi-yah once, but it's yeah-yah! Two turkeys, one chop. There you go. Boom. So the Muppet News Flash, the newsman reports on the world's oldest living human. At 196, he celebrated by taking a deep breath. Ah. It says, here's the Muppet News Flash. Dateline, Moscow, Sergei Lanovsky, whom the Russians claim as the world's oldest living human, celebrated his 196th birthday yesterday by taking a deep breath. Sergey has 96 children, 150 grandchildren, and 228 great-grandchildren, none of whom visit him. Said his youngest son, Leonard. He smells funny. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> well, he would. If you're 196, you got to be ripe. Yeah, there is no help in that. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so the moms come out one more time. And uh, I, will, I will give you this. So we've talked about sometimes you see people more, sometimes you see people less. You do see them a lot less. But I guess because they don't speak and because of the type of performer they are, there's only so much you can do with them. Yeah, right? and there was no interaction 
outside of the talk spot, really, I think, with, with any of the Muppets, right? Yeah, they didn't include Muppets in any yeah. of their other... And, I mean, I get it. They have a set performance or act. Well, I mean, yeah. Kermit is describing in the one. Like, Kermit's acting yeah. as, like, a narrator. Yeah. Um, but, Interesting choice, though, to host a Muppet show, though. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if maybe... In, maybe they were big in the UK because this also aired in the UK. Oh. I don't know the reasoning behind getting them. Maybe they were big Muppet fans and just really wanted to be on the Muppet show. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. So the Mummins, as I'm calling them, perform with masks made of clay. As the scene progresses, they add more and more clay, changing their appearance. The one character is jealous of the other one's ability to make beautiful sculptures on his face. And soon this devolves into a battle in which they eventually find themselves stuck to each other. And I did not like it. Andy, no likey. No, 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 no. Because one, all right, first of all, you see dirty ass feet. All right, that's one. Two, it's it's like, it's something out of like a horror movie. Like, it's like this one guy is like horrific. Yeah. Like the way he's like, you have the one that's like so perfect. And then the other one that just looks like, you know, it's, it's you know, not to make fun of my children. It's like when we would go to like a pottery place and you see Jessica with like her perfect little stuff because she's the artist. And then Dylan just flapping shit together. Right. That, that's kind of was like. And but also a little Beetlejuice-esque here with some of the mad. But but also there's an episode of The Twilight Zone where mm-hmm. people like got masks or something like that. But I saw it as a kid and it was very something I shouldn't have seen at that age. And, and you all know Andy doesn't exactly love horror. And and suspense. Miranda and all that. does, and, but I know what you're talking about. But this is like, this is freaky. Like this is probably an episode that probably scared me a little bit as a kid. Like right now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not liking this. Like I, I don't, I don't like the fact that I'm watching this for the second time while while we're while we're you know recording. Like I'm like, I, it's an episode like I can't wait to get past. So I think you're talking about Twilight Zone. Uh, they did Twilight Zone masks. The Masks yeah, it was like is very an episode. Famous, one of the more famous episodes. Yeah, it's called The Masks. Um, if you look up photos for it, it which Andy's not going to be, but oh, um, okay. they, you'll see why in the comparison. Um, to me, in a lot of ways, it reminds me of the very old like drama club mask. Do you remember like the smiling face and the frowning face? I yeah, think which is funny that I love the drama, the faces of drama, and it's actually in. <clears throat> You know, you know, well, I love it for there's a reason, because when I when I graduated from high school, you know, you get your class ring and sometimes you could put something in your ring. Mm-hmm. And I had the faces of drama put in there because it was the only thing I did all four years. OK, so I have the faces of drama in my high school ring. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, if you look those up, you will see what Andy is referring to. If you're not familiar with the Twilight Zone episode, Um but when you said that to me, even before we started recording, you're like, I'm going to bring up this. I was like, I know, I knew exactly yeah, what you were yeah. talking about. Because it you is. Know, you know the Twilight Zone at all? It's a really yeah. one of the more famous episodes. I think it actually, it at the Twilight Zone Terror Terror, I think it's, uh, you know, you do see images from it, I think. So, I think? Yeah, so, like, while it's playing in the back, like, I think they have Twilight Zone playing in the gift shop or something. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing it when I was there last so, yeah, it's probably one of the more famous uh, episodes. Yeah. So not I'm not a huge fan of this, um, but yep. that was their final act. Uh, they do come back out. On, they come out on stage. Kermit thanks them for their time. Um, see what they look like, actually. See what they, yeah. Well, I, for, I forget. You know, they have a they do, we do have a, you know, 
Kermit and Piggy are kind of on stage for a minute, yeah. and she has a temper tantrum. Um, well, she apologizes for her temper tantrum, rather. Um, but that's when they bring them on stage, and they do. They take their, their masks, and they, you know, say what their their names actually are. Um, cause, and they're better known as this mum and shin, mum and has and whatever group. I apologize. I can't say and, it. And I was actually surprised that one of them was a woman. Cause I could have sworn they were all guys. I thought so as well, but no, they are not. They are Andre Brassard, Floriana Frasato and Bernie Search. There you go. Um, Kermit says, you guys really do work as a team. We'll see you next time on the Muppet show. So they don't even really say anything then either, but well, they're I'm not known. They're all- yeah, I, I, they, we didn't even do the like. Are, are they alive? Like, I, I don't even know how we could check that. <laughs> um, you know, it was hard. I didn't. Yeah. I, I normally I that's something like you said I did, but I jumped right into it because it's a group, and not. So unfortunately, Andre Bassard, okay. um, he passed away. So he was born in 1944 and died in 1992. It oh, says yeah. he founded the organization of Mummenchans, so mm-hmm. he's, you know, um, he's very well known for that. And I, you know, like maybe if they were big in Switzerland, like, you know. I guess so. All you have to do is be big in your own country. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly. Yeah. Um, Floriana, there's not as much about her. Um, there is a giant website for these people. There's tickets you can buy, shows they go to. Wow. wow. I should have looked this up. So, um, you can actually find information about them on the website. It was founded in Paris in 1972 by Bernie, Andre, and Floriana. Floriana is now the company's artistic director and sole remaining active founding member. Today, the group consists of seven performers who appear on stage in different combinations. Um, that's pretty interesting. Bernie himself, um, so they've all, like, she's the only surviving member at this point, and she helped found it. It is still going. Um, obviously they do, you know, I'm looking at these shots now on their website, and I've seen that before. I feel like I've seen this on Sesame Street. So Hmm. they probably do a lot, um. Uh, it, the website might bother you a little because I know some of this like majorly creeps yeah. you out. Um, but this is really cool to see. But the trio enjoyed uh, what they did. Obviously, they invented. They were invited to some of the biggest festivals and made their first film. They worked as increasingly nonverbal. The name Mummenschals is a combination of mumen, meaning conceal or to mask, similar to the in- English murmur. And Sean's um, a play on chance. Oh, okay. So in 73, they embarked on their first European tour. And in fall of 73, Arthur Schaffman, an American theater agent, invited them to trio, invited the trio to the United States. They started as a short trip, turned into a three-year stint. Okay, so that's probably why they were invited to the Muppet show then. They had been performing in the U.S., probably had some sort of following or name that they had made themselves at that time. Um, and they were different. If you think about it, they are performers a lot yeah. like the Muppets. So They were they were a product of the time. Like they oh, were absolutely. Just, they just happened to be like in the cultural yeah. zeitgeist at the moment. 
So if you if you actually liked them, I mean, there's some very interesting information about them. Um, like Floriana here, uh, she even worked in Rome in several pantomime and theater productions. Mm. So I think what they do is different. Um, there are some things that uh, it still is creepy. Still creeps me out. Yeah, it creeps me. But I think it's really cool that they've created something that started then and is still going and has tickets and shows and tour mm-hmm. all over the place. Uh, oh, they're going to be in Germany. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Germany, Rome, France, Italy, back in Germany. Like, you can go damn. see them. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it creeped me out a little, but if they're close <laughs> enough to me, I mean... Maybe, right? It's research, right? Yeah. But yeah, that is pretty neat now that we yeah. looked it up like that. I apologize for not doing that at the beginning, but like it was, it was it, like, it was weird, right? Like, how do you, yeah, how do you search them up? Let's just see. What does a ticket for them go for? I won't sit, I won't sit right here. <laughs> you have to select your seats. Just give me the best seat prices. So tickets range for this specific city in Germany between 35 and 70 euros a piece. Okay. Okay. So they're doing okay. They're doing yeah. okay. I wanted yeah. to know, is it something that like, oh, well, you can get in for 15 bucks. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah, to have been around this long, too. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty impressive. Okay. So I don't, I'm not, I'm still not changing my tune about them. There are, there are things that creep me out. It is a certain yeah. level of performance art that I, I just don't think I'm the consumer for, if nope. that makes sense. But yeah. then there's other things that they did in this episode that I could appreciate. Yeah. You could appreciate the talent. It's just, it, some of the oh, stuff absolutely. just creeps me out. Cause, hey, like, I, like, I could appreciate that, like, you know, whoever makes Saw, you know, made, Probably made some really good movies, but I ain't watching the damn things. No, I've only seen a couple. I, oh, I bailed out after a while. I can't watch those. There's a difference in horror and just straight up like gore and massacre. And then at some point, the story point. goes like totally just like Rob Zombie. Like I like Rob Zombie. Oh. I'm sure has his talents, but I don't think I could ever see like House of a Thousand Corpses or something. I have. You're good. Or like whoever like made Terrifier. Maybe they're a good filmmaker. I don't know. I'm never gonna find out. I'm good. And I'm good with that. I made peace with it. No, I I have seen House of a Thousand Corpses. You're okay. No, yeah, need no, you. no, no, thanks. Yeah, I have strong opinions about Rob Zombie's uh, I, I film. May check, I may check out the monsters at some point, but uh, it's okay. Not now that I am going to do, I heard if you really enjoyed the original show, you'd probably really enjoy. Okay the movie to an extent but i think i will i will do that but um my comment to my husband when i found out rob zombie was doing the monsters movie was the man who single-handedly ruined the halloween franchise why would i want him touching my monsters oh there you go but apparently he is a huge lifelong fan of the monsters so i will he tried to uh reserve judgment try to stay true to it right yeah, so I, check that out. I will reserve judgment on that one. That one I will go for. But um, yeah, you can you can just totally skip Devil's Rejects, House of a Thousand Corpses, 
his Halloween. You're good. You're good. All right, cool. So, Miranda, we did it. We've, we've we did. hit a milestone. We did. We finished the first season. And what does that mean? That means um, that at the first of the year, obviously for December, we're going to take a break off so we can explore other opportunities in some streaming options. Plus, we've already done the Disney streaming or the Disney streaming. Yes, Disney. We already have completed the only Muppets Christmas that's available. Um, yeah. So well, if you M- would like. M&R's Jug Band Christmas is, is only on Amazon Prime, which we can't yeah. do on there. It creates some problems. Um, mm-hmm. So, but you could go watch that if you are um, interested in Muppets and you want to go see that. Is it on Amazon Prime? Or you can go back and rewatch slash re-listen to us do the Muppets Christmas Carol. Yep. Um, but because of that, we're going to take a break for December from the Muppets so that we can bring you some Christmassy fun over on Stream Lounge. Um, and then in January, we will return with Muppets goodness. But we will be returning to give you the first movie. We're going to do the original Muppet movie. And we will be streaming that on Stream Lounge. And we'll come to you, um, what is it, usually about a week after we are it, live it, on Stream Lounge. It, de- it depends on the show. Yeah. Uh, but for something like that, yeah, it'll it'll drop fairly soon after yeah. Stream Lounge. But something like when I do Blockbuster Rewatch with the MCU, those kind of go into like a rock pile and they get yeah. released as schedule allows. But yeah. yeah, no, no, for like the Muppets though, we'll we'll get that out in pod form. But we would really love you to check it out on Stream Lounge. I mean, you don't mm-hmm. have to see us live. I mean, obviously right. because of the time change or time sorry time difference between Miranda and I. When we do stream lounge so that both of us are conscious at the same time, it's going to be on a Sunday, mm-hmm. probably around three or four Eastern Standard Time. Mm-hmm. And um, if you can't be there at that time, because, it, you know, it'll be January, it might be some football playoffs, who knows. But um, it lives there. Like, you can yeah. just go under Moms and Nerd or Laugh in Theater and you can you can watch it again. You know, you won't be able to participate in the live chat, but you can do that. Or you can just wait until, you know, we drop it in podcast form. But, you know, we appreciate if you listen or visit either way. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Um. Well, to kind of like send us off into the merry land of Christmas here. Is there anything that you'd like to share with everyone? Any pl- Anything you're working on, you're super excited about, or to go into more depth than we did in kind of like our break earlier? Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually have kind of uh, starting to come out of my somewhat uh, lower, uh, lower schedule that I've been doing, and I'm starting to do a bit more podcasting again. Uh, I'm hoping Pop Goes to the Couch comes back soon. You know, it's just, it's really hard. It's like, it's a show, though, that I, I really, really love doing. But I only, I really only love it when all four of us can do it. So mm-hmm. that's kind of hard sometimes based on some travel schedules <clears throat> of other, of some of the people and availability. But the four of us did get together that, the four of us, I mean, myself, Sean Kidd, Tim Capel, and Scott Shivlet, And we have a brand new show that we're hoping to do monthly. It's called Traders of the Lost Ark. And it is a return. Now, it's been at least, what, two years, I think, since we've had a comics pod on the mm-hmm. feed? I think uh, so. Yeah, maybe almost, a little more. Wait, maybe more. Yeah. 
but it is a comics pod from the brains of Sean and Tim where it really Sean really wanted to do a comics pod and he knew that if he uh go to Tim long enough Tim was going to relent eventually and they found a really great concept where they're going to find uh series i guess i'm i'm not yeah you all know i'm not a comic book reader but i am learning comics now and as part of this podcast i am the noob i guess uh that will ask questions and they'll ask me what i think of it and i'm a blank slate which is kind of a role i'm okay with here and and our first episode is dropping um right after miranda and i are recording this uh it is we did a cap wolf which is a series where captain america turns into a a werewolf um Mm -hmm. Uh, from 1992 and Sean and Tim will give you a lot of information and Schiff as well. Schiff has been really up in his comics, uh, his comics game there. And I'm there to uh, ask questions, make little jokes here, but I really did. I did enjoy reading. I did enjoy doing the podcast with the guys and we're going to try to bring you that once a month. So it's traders of the lost Ark, is what it's called. Uh, another new show that I am doing. Uh, Sean is actually my first guest is called cartoons of our youth where every episode is myself and a guest, and we talk about their favorite cartoon growing up, and we live watch a couple of episodes. Very simple, straightforward. I I love cartoons, and I love when I do shows with people, and we talk about something that they love. And it's it's kind of like one of my favorite parts about being involved in podcasting, as well as, you know, Laugh and Theater is coming back. We're going to have the Christmas episodes coming soon. Uh, this year, we're going to do a Christmas story and office Christmas party. And those are group watches. So those should be a ton of fun. And um, yeah, keep an eye out for Stream Lounge. And, and you know, probably Miranda, Steve and I probably won't be back with the Disney pod until either the end of December or the beginning of January, just because of scheduling. And uh, mm-hmm. that's um, really, oh, and my new wrestling show, myself and Logan Crosland over on the PlayStation Wrestling Network. It's called Who is... It's called Who's Next, where we're basically just covering modern current day NXT. So it's a monthly show where we're going to, uh, you know, talk about the matches, the storylines and kind of who's going to be coming up to the main roster and who we think uh, may not be long for for the for the company. It's just, you know, nobody's really talking about modern current day NXT. It's more about what's going on on Raw and SmackDown. And I see a lot of uh, they're 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 rebranding once again kind of uh, doing a mix of the last two brandings that they've had with the black and gold of NXT and the NXT 2.0. Since, you know, Vince has been uh, retired and, and now Triple H and Shawn Michaels are, are running the ship. And I feel really good about that brand. And Logan seems to be the biggest uh, fan or, or avid watcher out of our, our group. And I seem, I watch it every week. My kids like like watching it with me. So mm-hmm. I said, well, we, I, I, I want to talk wrestling. So let's uh let's let's uh let's do a show and it's uh, you know a monthly show which is not a big um commitment which is great for some pods and and it, doing it with Logan it's a great time and uh, our second episode should be coming uh probably early to mid December. Other than that, yeah, just find me uh, on our Facebook group, the Facebook page, and uh, that's it. Okay, I I. Don't really have anything like new and special. I have just continued to be here on Place to Be Nation Pop, of course. Um, I think I am reviving some a few of my old podcasts, coming back as more like special interests. 
Um, because it is, I know we've said this a lot, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse, but sometimes time zones from the U.S. to here, especially if somebody's like on the far coast, like that's, oh, like it makes it hard. So I'm trying to revive as like special editions. Um, look for those, of course. Um, lots of things hopefully come in stream lounge, which will then come in podcast form. So if you just follow us in all the places, you will get notified. Um, yeah. All so right. that's all the cool. funness. So that's all the funness, yes. Yeah. Until then. Na na na. Do 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 do. Well, guys, it's just the three of us for a weekend in the swamp. Oh no. <laughs> 